<laughs> Learn how to whisper in a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, we'll be down in a minute. <laughs> hey, I gotta tell you a secret. <laughs> but what? you can't tell nobody. <laughs> All right, I'm out. <laughs> You know Calvin's sister and Angie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she let me hit. <laughs> don't tell my girl. <laughs> Damn, don't tell my girl. That's funny. You know she don't like Angie. <laughs> yeah, y'all had to be here. Episode fifteen. What's up? Last episode, longest episode we did. Yep. Y'all had this room here. <laughs> Shit. And I told y'all what people was gonna say. They was they was gonna say, "Damn, we've been waiting for y'all to do a long episode." That's you was real. right. You was and right. what Arthur say? Well, tell them niggas to come edit this. Yeah, bitch. nigga. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all want a long episode, you need to come edit this shit. We then. need help. Yeah, we do. We I, need help. I'm doing. I'm making the merch, nigga. Making the clips, nigga. I need. We we. I can't wait till we can. You know, get what we deserve and get paid right. from this shit. And like, right. we could pay somebody to do that shit for us. So, right. You know. And if you want to volunteer, though, <laughs> if you want to volunteer, you get free access to shows that we ain't doing yet. <laughs> but you can get free access to them. Come fuck with us. Uh, we need even helps with like the timestamps and shit. Like, yeah. there's people on their own volition, on your own accord. If you want to help us out, uh, just. You know, time stepping some shit, right. helping us out with this shit. We greatly appreciate it. We, we have a subreddit now, so jump in that shit, man. Yeah, we dropped the subreddit link in that bitch. Yeah, jump in you our know. subreddit. Bro. There's like a chat in there. That is post. crazy, the subreddit. It's thing. really cool, yeah. It's, it's crazy. They Much a, appreciation. That, that, yeah, they made a George. meme about yeah, me. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you get your money, wait to the church. <laughs> church owe me $1,300, nigga. That's real. Oh, man. Yeah, get onto the Reddit, man. That shit is love. Right there, that's love. And November seventh, yes, sir. You already know what you need to do. Let them know. Get those tickets. Get New em. York Comedy Club, New York Comedy Festival. So y'all had to be here first time at a comedy club ever. Uh, we, you, if you come to any of our New York shows, you, you know have to. Is. You have to. So come through. It's gonna be a really good time. This is a smaller room than the first show we did, so it's less tickets. So. I wouldn't wait till day of. I wouldn't wait week of. I would get that shit now. Yes. Uh, their tickets are gonna be flying out, and then that same night, I will be hosting an after party in Manhattan, and uh, there'll be more information about that. But that's, everybody that comes to the show, come through to the party afterwards. If you didn't come to the show, if you got work or some shit, but you can get off late, come to the party. But most importantly. Uh, all the comedians that can hear or see this that's going to be in New York for the festival that week or if you're just a comedian in New York, whatever, come and hang out, man. Let's get to know each other. I want This, this is going to be my last time in New York for the year, so I want to just you know meet people and see people I haven't seen in a while. That's real. Come party with us on a Monday night, bro. It's going to be fun as fuck, so yeah. can't wait to see y'all there. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of New York comments that I like. I I don't know directly. I but just you've seen kinda, on was, like Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. So yeah, I, I just want to do something where we can all kind of mingle and get to know each other. And this is how like when you're in LA, you know what shows you can do. And you know, this is how we we build a little community and stuff. So come hang out, get drunk, get high. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. Pull up. We the right niggas throwing something. Right. But right people to be around. Yeah. Y'all had to party here. Y'all had to party here. With us. It's going down. And if you want two, two, two free tickets to the show, tell them. Tag 
five friends and tag five comedy places or clubs or venues, houses. It don't even matter. We can get this shit off anywhere. And let them know, yo, we want to have y'all have to be here here to have a show because they're going to shut this bitch down. Mm. And we give you guys two free tickets. We got four tickets we want to give away to people. So, um, yeah, do that for us. Yeah. Pull for war. Come to the show for free. Or a favor. It's all on you. Yeah, that's going to be fun, man. That New York Comedy Club, that, uh, I like I like the layout of it, too. It's really nice. Know. I haven't seen it yet. It's really nice. I'm excited. Gramercy. New York is dope, too. Like, you walk into places and just have one feel, but then you go into the back. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's a whole shit. different world, yeah. Yeah, it's like on some like speakeasy or shit. like the yeah. spots that have like basements and shit. Like mm-hmm. the, the show we did when we first got there the last time that had the yeah. basement down there. That was so cool, mm-hmm. bro. That was really cool. Yeah, that was a really nice venue. Yeah. Shout out Jared, man. Shout out to Jared. Good looking. Yeah, we're gonna record an episode out there as well. Like we did the y'all had the your episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah we're gonna, we gotta episode. go back to my friend's basement studio. Shout yep. out, shout out to them. Yeah, and if you a fucking rap battle fan, Ooh. pull the fuck up. Your boy, Johnny Mac, myself, we gonna be in that bitch at Caroline's doing the rap battle on Broadway with Reggie Kush. This shit's gonna be phenomenal. We're excited about this it's shit. Gonna we gonna fun. have all the niggas up on stage. We gonna go the fuck off. It's yeah, we is. Fun. I cannot yeah, wait we for this is. shit. So yeah, get tickets to that. That's gonna be the actual, the, the following day after our show at the yep. New York Comedy Club. Back to back. Back to back, we're going to be at Caroline's. So pull up to that, man. Grab tickets for that as well. And, uh, man, just hit us up, man. We're going to be running through the city that whole week. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch, goddammit. Look at that. That shit clean, boy. We got all different types of designs for y'all to fuck around with, to look at. We got faces. Right. Yep. <laughs> uh, a girl hit me up today. I was like, "Y'all got crop top hoodies?" Yep, I just made it. I was like, "This nigga Arthur, stay on the merch." Hey, nigga. Arthur got all the merch, man. Any merch desire y'all need, man, we got it. We about uh, to drop some socks soon, so don't even fuck yeah. around. Hey, I just got a little styling pad too for like my do my retouching of my photos. Yeah. Don't let me learn how to draw, nigga. Uh oh, <laughs> it's over. It's over, nigga. Niggas it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Niggas ain't gonna wear nothing, but y'all had to be here. Shit. I got, I got some ideas for the tour merch. We gonna go crazy with that. Oh so. yeah, shit gonna yeah. be dope, man. Yeah, go, if you're a girl, go ahead and get that crop top hoodie. Yep. Yeah. Get that crop top hoodie. Come, it's come nice. to the show looking cute with your mm-hmm. with, with YHTBH on your chest. That mm-hmm. is real. It's nice that you know. What I'm saying the way it feels is really good. You yeah. know, I've seen the crop top hoodies in, in Ooh, person. We should get a. Uh, we should get like two sweaters. To bring, to bring. Well, yeah, I, have, I have one. I'm gonna give away. Yep. I got to sign. We should like sign Ooh. one. We can sign it on the back and keep. We should sign one and give it away and sign one and keep. Like have everybody sign it and keep one. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I am. I will be giving an orange hoodie away to one lucky uh, audience member that oh, like. Yeah. Oh, they black because orange look good on our skin. Orange does look good on black people. So good. So if you black, bro. come to the show. You gonna win this hoodie. That is I'm one thing you. about me. I don't give free shit to white people. So. Yep. Now you why you gotta pay at, for your he shit. He was at Basement Fest. We have to throw in a clip on uh, at Basement Fest of me giving away a hundred dollars right here, <laughs> and uh, we'll get the footage from John. But yeah, I, I did not give any money to white people. We no, don't, we don't do that. Love y'all though. Appreciate the allyship. Y'all was giving the world already. Niggas <laughs> 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 giving the world. The fuck, I look like giving y'all some shit. <laughs> giving you some more shit. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> 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 I ain't giving you a goddamn nothing. 
<laughs> I mean, where you think the phrase came from? Uh, with a cherry on top. <laughs> that ain't no nigga shit. <laughs> Niggas wasn't even having ice cream. Nigga, let alone. <laughs> we, let had alone. To, we had nothing to put the cherry on. <laughs> That's a white people shit for real. Wow. Goddamn. Uh, <laughs> so fucking funny. You can't give me the world with the hundred dollars. Hell no. <laughs> Got everything you need. <laughs> Boy. Oh, that's. Oh yeah. So how we feeling, man? How y'all feeling, man? What's going on? Let's catch up a little bit. Let back. the people know. I just got back from North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to Delaware tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. That's exciting, man. Is it? What's it? Well, <laughs> it I is. Mean, it is. In the scheme, if you've been listening to these past 14, 13, 14 episodes, yeah. you, you know we've been going through it. We're going through it. We know too much. Right, we, we know too, too much. much. But it was it was crazy to show up to a place and like the people that worked there already knew who I was. And they were like excited to meet me and shit, and like mm. that was the Dead Crow Comedy Club. I mean, thank you so much. Like that, they were hospitality was great. They were great. All the people that work there, Amy that runs the club, she's amazing. She wants to bring y'all had to be here there, so we'll be back. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a great time. It was uh four shows. Saturday seven o'clock was the most lit one. It was yeah. like twenty Marines. <laughs> oh, I haven't done a military show yet, but I cannot, bro. They, Wait. it's like the support because they just want to have a good time. They just want to have a good time. And so it was funny. They came up to me before the show. I was like, "Hey, look, it's like twenty drunk ass marines showed what? up. What? If you need, if if they try to get out of line or something like that, let me know." I was like, "I, I'll be all right. I got them." And the thing was, they really like hyped up the whole room because that was the show. Wait one second. Oh, I ain't know. oh yeah. <laughs> Let me, let me that hit might, this might one. hit kind of harsh. Be oh. careful. It that might have a show. <laughs> Saturday, 7 o'clock, that was a show that pretty much almost sold out. There was only a couple seats left. And yeah. so this one, I met them. I met them all after the show. They all bought me drinks and stuff. But it was one dude. He found me on Instagram or YouTube or something like that. And basically, he convinced. There's a military base <clears> about an hour and a half away from Wilmington. Yeah. He convinced like 20 of his friends. Yo, let's just go. A do tin hut. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Platoon <laughs> Niggas in Niggas Cadets we are gonna go see Now's absent at the comedy show <laughs> At ease soldier At ease <laughs> Oh, hey, we gonna send that. We gotta send that to them. We will. We got. They follow me. We gotta. We gotta send that to them per- personally. Right. <laughs> but yeah, he and he's like, yeah, bro. I was like, let's go do something different and have fun. And so he grabbed about twenty of his friends. They're all off the military base, and they brought a couple girls too. And they, I mean, they really like had the spot lit from the get go. Like right. they really, oh, man. they really I got the host that. going and like. They were like the loudest part in the room, so like the rest of the room just kind of took over with it, and like yeah. I really appreciate them. They really, they it was like a party. They turned it up. I was like, I was fucking with them. And oh, that's love. That's dope. They were great. And that was cool, and they all bought me drinks after. Got to meet them and stuff. I met Fuck some yeah. really, I met some really cool people because it's like a real like drinking town. It's like thirty something bars in a very small mile radius downtown. And some so, people like to talk too. Yes, small town people. Yes. 
And it, and, <laughs> I got, I got to and know, drinking. Oh yeah, I got to know a lot of people. This right, past you weekend. some of them niggas cousin now. Right, <laughs> and that is, and it's funny that I I met a group of younger people that had just they had just moved down there this year, and so they want to cook us dinner and stuff when we come back. Oh, and they were really nice. they're really sweet. They're really cool, and we we went out together and stuff. But it was Wilmington is funny, bro, because like uh, so that's where Michael Jordan's from. Oh, it's a little small town in North Carolina where he's from. So. His mom still lives out there. She has like a huge house out there and shit. Oh shit! And uh, it's funny. And I had I had them. And I started every show like this, making fun of this shit. Like, so Michael Jordan is from Wilmington. So why the so Wilmington is famous for that's where the show One Tree Hill was shot. If y'all okay. are familiar with that, which is a show about two white boys that's really good at basketball. Oh, and I, was like, I didn't know the premise like, of the show. Right. But I'm so familiar the premise of the sh- and this is what I said, and this is literally the joke I said. I said. The pre- everybody knows here that's the premise of the show. Basically, this white dude, he's a piece of shit. When he was like 19, 20 years old, he got two women pregnant at the same time. And he only, he only stayed with one of them. Mm-hmm. But they all live in the same town. And they both had boys. And the boys grew up to both be really good at basketball. And he only raised one of them. And I literally go, man, that's niggas, bro. That's niggas. <laughs> Stop Damn. stealing our shit. Stop stealing yeah. our storyline. That's niggas. <laughs> and so, and I had them rolling, bro. Applause, bro. They was cracking up. I was just riffing on it. And I was just like, how y'all going to disrespect the greatest basketball player of all time and have these white boys windmill dunk, dunking and shit on <laughs> they TV? They are in the show. Oh, God. Oh, oh my god Duncan hitting threes It's a good ass TV show though I gotta give them that Right but, right But it's literally about Well the storyline is good as hell That's why yeah. it's, it's literally It's like a Greek tragedy type storyline But in basketball In high right. school And it's two white guys Nathan Scott and I forget the other brother If you know the other brother Comment right here one, If you're a One, yeah, tree, I, if you're I, a one tree Hill One head. Tree Hill wow. Yeah that was yeah, shot never... there and I was like How y'all gonna disrespect Michael Jordan like that That's funny So yeah that was fun They drink a lot And then there's one strip club in Wilmington, North Carolina, and it's called Cheetahs. I didn't go. I didn't get to oh, go. You didn't make your presence. I, I didn't make make it there, but I, I, I will next time because somebody said they can set me up VIP. Uh, but I want to go. So no. basically, Not VIP. The Not thing true. is, that's different about this strip club is, and so the Uber driver was like hyping it up because it's the only. He's like, it's the only strip club in Wilmington. He's like, I'm telling you, it's, it's top flight women there. I was like, nigga, it sounds like that's the top only flight. women y'all got. It's like the po- oh, that's why the popular girls work. <laughs> he said top flight women. I was like, nigga, that's the only women y'all got. It's the only strip club in the town. So yeah, Hell of course it's nah. top flight. That's it. Hell and so. Nah. Uh, and like the dudes that was there was telling me it really like it ain't it, it. ain't really like that. But yeah, I check it out because I got a bitch better than them. <laughs> right. And so the Just thing make is, make a mean ham hock too. Nigga. The thing that sets the strip club apart is they got a hot tub there, and oh. you can pay to like hang out with the strippers in the hot tub and shit. Oh, oh wait. That's exactly that's what i said and so i was just like what do you do do you walk up to the counter and be like uh two bitches in swim trunks please like how do you how do you do this shit? <laughs> but they have a hot tub in the in the strip club that you can like you can rent the strip club for like a, i mean like rent the hot tub for i guess however long and stripper hang out in there with you or some shit i don't know i didn't go i love that but uh it sounds dirty as hell i feel like I we got it. that's what i was like who's cleaning this hot tub out <laughs> after dirty. every nah, day fuck the cleaning it's like that shit better have chlorine in that bitch. <laughs> it better. better have some holy water in that That's bitch. That's what I'm too. saying. Ain't, ain't no telling what's going on in there. So I told him I, I'd come fuck with it the next time I came. I just, I didn't have the time. What do you do afterwards? Like, you just. Now you got to dry off. And you you just, just drying off. Think, think about your decisions. <laughs> <laughs> you got to dry off and. <laughs> what if you forget your lotion? Like, hey. <laughs> now you ask. 
that shit. <laughs> that's my. That's my. That's why I don't even be swimming that much because I be agile as fuck after. <laughs> Can't do no. Nah, that ain't why you don't be swimming. <laughs> <laughs> I can swim, nigga. Yeah. I know how to swim. I just got a lot of respect for deep water. <laughs> oh shit. Stupid as fuck. <laughs> Deep water scary, you know. Uh, you be like, <laughs> you be like, uh, you try to dry yourself off. You, know, you can't be in the strip club, ashy and with shit. A, yeah. With a towel wrapped around you. Yeah. What a towel. <laughs> in the strip club with a towel around uh, your waist. You get a dance. Hold on, you don't get in the jacuzzi, but you get a dance from a bitch who was. <laughs> <laughs> now you, now your pants just wet. <laughs> she had a fat ass though. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you all right right there? Look, you don't even know. You don't this even know. Beat on himself. <laughs> <laughs> you got to dance. Oh, and you came on yourself. No, 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 no. Hey, no. no, you you don't get. I love that. But the, also the the odd thing about that too is like, someone had to come up with that idea. Oh yeah. Like the strip club was already rolling, and somebody wanted, went in that bitch and was like, you know what, this shit is missing. A hot tub. <laughs> We need a hot tub. This man. shit will crack if we had a jacuzzi. They'd be popping. You know, he was but. on cocaine too. He walked in and was like, just imagine, man. Hoes and, <laughs> hoes and bikinis walking around the hot tub everywhere. And you just in the middle with the jets on. It, it's going to be amazing. And then the owner bought it and then they installed it. And he was like, nigga, why did I let you talk in this shit? <laughs> That's why I stopped doing cocaine because of that stupid ass. I got to look at it every day. <laughs> right. The owner of Cheetahs is sober now. <laughs> hazard coming off that. Why bitch. you turn sober? Because a nigga. Convinced me to buy a hot tub while I was high on cocaine. Nigga, it got signs like uh, no hills near the hot tub. <laughs> 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 Cause you, oh my god, you know <laughs> bitches breaking their ankles in that bitch. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> Hey, imagine you in the club and you just see out your periphery and see one of the bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, that shit would be hazardous. Oh my god. You know they gotta follow the AMA laws and shit. Oh and that bitch. <laughs> Why the drip cut colors? Oh. This one girl broke her neck. <laughs> Running around the goddamn pool. <laughs> Thought she was cute. <laughs> definitely got a no running sign around oh. this shit. Oh, oh. my gosh. <laughs> Fuck the no diving shit. It's the no walker. No walking walker around this. It's got a red little rope around it. Oh, oh my God. I'm weak. Mm-mm. Shout out to women's in North Carolina, man. <laughs> Shout out. Oh, nigga. That is so funny. <laughs> this is how I knew I was in a southern state, nigga. They had rocking chairs in the airport. Ooh. Oh wow! <laughs> like I was like, is this a Cracker Barrel? What is yeah, she had rocking chairs. You could just sit on rocking chairs in the airport. And then when I, w- I went to go to this place that had some good fish on Sunday before I flew out, and the car that picked me up, this nigga got church music playing and that shit, just like full on gospel. <laughs> no, and I'm looking at this nigga like, really, bro, and blasting it too. And uh, I was like, mm-hmm. nigga, really? He's playing that shit like me. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> blasting some church music on Sunday, and I was like, ah, I forgot where I'm at. I'm used to this godless city, you know what I'm right. saying, where I like it. <laughs> you didn't catch the Holy Ghost? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I was just counting down the minutes to get out that shit. I was like, God damn it. 
And then, a, like, a white girl with blue hair picked me up on the way back to the hotel. And I was like, thank God. I know she's not going to play no church music. Oh, uh, yeah, bitch. <laughs> Cut my life into pieces. <laughs> this is my last resort. <laughs> Civilization. I'll be there. Don't give <laughs> <laughs> That bitch wilding out. <laughs> now I was in there like, thank God. <laughs> That nigga in the back mouthing the words. Hell yeah. (laughs) I'm losing myself. I'm losing myself. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my gosh! It's like a it's like a scene out of out of Atlanta. (laughs) Well, that actually is a scene in season two of Atlanta. This older black lady picks up Earn. In an Uber to meet Al for oh a yeah, thing. And she's playing gospel music and that's literally what I thought of. I was like, oh, this nigga Donald Glover not lying. When you down south, if a nigga pick you up in an Uber, like, oh, it's some Christian music. And about it's to get funny, this Jesus, right? And it's funny. He was like playing it loud enough to where like I could tell like he was like trying to like make a make a statement like make yeah. me let me know like in this car we yeah. serve the Lord, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, nigga, I'm not gonna tip you. How yeah. about that? Yeah. How about that, yeah. bitch? Yeah. I tipped him though. I tipped him though. No, I but, know what you mean. I've no, your tip should have been in like a scripture. I <laughs> uh, know. Psalms thirty two ten. Right. Bro, did y'all see that going around? It was like a it was a picture, but somebody posted their like little bill for from being a waiter, and it looks like it's a hundred dollar bill, but it's actually a piece of paper with a Bible verse on it. Ooh, and they didn't put no you going money. to hell. They didn't know they didn't put no money in there. Oh, you going to hell? They tipped this nigga a Bible verse that looked like money. Oh, you going to hell? See, I I've I walked to niggas' cars before. Yeah, yeah. I, when I was working at Cheddar's, if you if you like left the change or like you like tip me like a dollar, like, oh, you left this. This is this is yours. This right. left I'll be outside. Oh, you left this. Yeah, I don't want your fifty that. cent. Don't that was like that was like a shit. big scene in that movie, uh, Waiting, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds and Justin Long. Mm-hmm. It was like a it was like this. Indo, it was an indie comedy about waiters that was really popular back then. But that's like one of the like climax scenes. Is yeah. this dude from his high school that's left and came back comes to eat there and he does it. He tips him like three pennies or some right. shit. And so he like follows him outside yeah. and like gives and like tells him like take this shit back. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Shit's cr- this that shit. shit's like yeah. really, nigga? Yeah. Don't leave nothing. You going to leave a Bible verse in the parody of $100? That's crazy. That will cause somebody to commit murder. Right. Find the Bible verse where Jesus beat somebody ass. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's what I'm about you to know do. What when did the Lord say you tricked your people into following me? Right. The crazy thing about it is whoever put that in there really thinks that they helped. Yeah. Uh, nah. Niggas be brainwashed. Nah. Niggas be brainwashed, bro. They, nah. That person, I, I don't think they did that with like malicious intent. Nah. I really think they did that thinking like, I'm going I'm to get this brother on the right path. <laughs> they got they got some I think good it's, sleep it's that a night. little bit of both. You think it's a little bit of both? I can I there's so? no way you can't see a hundred dollar bill and know that we in the times that we in and yeah. to feel like How someone just is. worked on you, someone just like that's why you did that's why you tipped them in that manner. You tipped them you didn't just give them the verse and like say that right out the yeah. gate. You put it as a substitute. Yeah. For a tip, so you know exactly what you was doing by implementing this Bible verse and supplementing or substituting an actual real dollar mm. with a fake fucking Holy Spirit dollar. I'm thinking, I'm thinking too, like, uh, you know, like they probably saw something on that person that they didn't like. I saw mm-hmm. them do something, mm-hmm. like, 
They need Jesus. They need Jesus, yeah. Motherfuckers yeah, always trying to convert you. Always trying to turn, uh, to, you know, what they say, like, right. don't turn, you can't turn a hoe into a housewife. <laughs> right. <laughs> they try to turn a heathen to an angel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I feel like it was something. Because what if that, what if the waiter was, like, super on the Jesus shit? Right, what if he like, nigga, I believe in this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you don't give me some goddamn money. I go to your church, bitch. <laughs> I just sit in the back. <laughs> oh, B, I ain't one of them loud followers, nigga. I just, I praise Jesus from the back. I praise Jesus from the back. I've been watching the back of your head every Sunday. Uh, you gonna put this bullshit in here? <laughs> I don't never say nothing when the kids come out the pews and start fucking running around and shit. Oh, man, I just sit in the back. Pastor Brown, come on, you know better. Yeah, I'm the youth. You know the youth sitting in the back. Oh, we don't like sitting up in the front with everybody. That shit real. That shit fuck. Bro, up. my grandma was usher man, like. And she's the lead usher. The, the ushers are like. I know she didn't play. Hell nah, nigga. The ushers they are militant. Yes, bro. And white gloves, nigga. Don't get this. If the ushers had guns, nigga, people getting shot in the knee, nigga. Mm -hmm. <laughs> people, mm -hmm. get, <laughs> you get shot and they still be quiet as a church. Hell now. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they hear that shit go pow. Yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> my, at my grandma's church, the ushers are serious. As serious fuck. as. Fuck, mm -hmm. cause don't nobody want to sit all the way at the front. No, don't nobody want to listen. If it's pews, bro. Yeah, especially if it's pews. Don't nobody want to like try to scoop past the rest of the people to get to that couple in empty spots seat. in the middle. Ooh. Yeah, they be mm -hmm. trying to fill them seats, mm -hmm. and it's just like, I feel like the pastor like only has a meeting with the ushers like maybe once, cause they just they know what their job is. Right, and the usher board. The usher board, nigga. They take their job. So serious. Uh, serious. My grandma's church. If you get there late, nigga, you just gotta wait because mm -hmm. they they line up in the back, and so it's two lines going down the like the middle pathway of the sanctuary. Yeah. And they just they walk like like uh like military right hand behind bro, the back. Like, yep. Right, right hand behind the back. And they That's got white a, gloves yep. on and black suits. Yep. And they walk in. If you late, you just gotta wait for them to do their shit. Yep. You gotta you gotta wait for them to walk. Do they fucking step, nigga? I'm like nigga, step. this look like handmade until if you don't let me sit down, nigga, straight up. <laughs> My, my grandma hated it. You gotta be watching the service from the window outside. Bro, hey, doors. That's how it is. Okay, so my church. <laughs> you trying so, to get your blessing through the doors. You got, nigga, shit. the door, nigga, the window on our doors to get in. Nigga's literally like a prison window, nigga. So, right. <laughs> it's like, nigga, it is like this. It's like your phone, nigga. But it's literally, well, but it's a little bit longer. But so it's like, and the ushers will stand with their back at the door. And when you, if you was late, they would hold that door. Yeah, they hold the door. They they would hold fucking hold, hold the door so you, you like couldn't get in. They fucking <laughs> turn around, and look through that hole, nigga. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yo, bitch ass. They give you that look. <laughs> your ass better wait. Guys. One minute, pastor, speaking right now. You gonna have to wait. To <laughs> shit, beat your ass with pastor, nigga. I swear. My grandma had hands too, nigga. Like, yeah, that's like church secret service. Scary, like yo, we need to have an usher board do our shows, <laughs> bro. <laughs> Sit people at our. Won't well, well, nobody, well, nobody throw a beer can at that show. Hell no, nah. ah. they gonna catch a white glove to the face. Yeah. They are gonna be like, damn, would I get hit by a cartoon character, nigga? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> nigga. Yeah. Since, since I became an adult, because of all that shit, I have avoided my grandma's church, nigga. That sh that shit. It was like it's just like a very traditional small town. Louisiana church like like the pat like so they I think 
think the new pastor is my cousin. I think your cousin. Yeah, but but that's the thing. It was like four pastors that kind that were all kind of in the running for help it. out yeah. because uh, oh, I see. Reverend Nelson was like the, the lead pastor, and basically this nigga was the pastor till he was like a hundred and forty three. <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> That nigga was old bro Like he uh, actually officiated my parents wedding In the 80s And he had already been the pastor for a long time then And so like I remember like I he, feel that actually He was like He was like 90 something Still the pastor Like the last time I was there And he passed away Like I think he passed away right before the pandemic Wow But like It's so crazy that like tradition Like how like Like black churches just hold on to tradition Cause I know Did nobody know Nothing that nigga was, was saying, saying the last five years of his life, bro. Cause I, I my daddy was like, everybody in the family said, I do the best Reverend Nelson impression, bro. Cause like, that nigga will start every sermon like this. Today, what we will be talking about is the, and he would just be talking so like, like, like drawn out and like monotone. Pastor and, Cosby. Bro, I swear, it was like an old, slowed down Cosby voice. And like, he would just be saying shit. I'm like, nigga, that ain't in the Bible. That ain't in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga just been alive for a hundred years. He making shit up at this point. Hey, he, fuck it. I believe he been around the block just as long as Jesus. Saying. That's what I'm that's saying. What I, said. I told my dad that I was like, this nigga, Moses went to this nigga church, bro. And he was old as hell. He was so, such a sweet man. Really cool cool guy but he was so old and i think at some point he was like man i didn't preach every bible verse i'm gonna just start making my own shit up yeah for real <laughs> uh, they ain't heard my remix <laughs> r.i.p reverend nelson bro church churches have the best characters bro yeah they do yeah they do the yeah, that's where you learn characters really bro. you pick up a lot of characters my favorite character in my grandma's church this blind nigga named lunder bro he passed away a couple years ago he's like 70 something lunder lunder bro he was the Stevie Wonder Ray Charles of the church. Oh, so he like helped lead the choir and he played the organ. He sang. He was blind. He could sing too. He had like a raspy like jazz voice like this and like he was blind, bro. Mm. And he would play the shit out the piano. And I'd just be sitting there like, damn, these niggas hold him back. He should have been on Motown or something. <laughs> oh, hold him back. They probably did. He was probably like 2019, about oh, to yeah. get a record deal. They're oh like, yeah, nah, you like, need to play for the Lord. You need to play for the Lord, baby. <laughs> Don't go over there with the devil. Stay down here. You know it's gonna be white women <laughs> out here, right? <laughs> and it's, and so Lunder was so cool, like, cause my grandma was one of the lead singers in the choir, so I would like. When I would have to go to choir practice with her, there, yeah. I would just see him play the piano, and it was just so amazing because he he literally cannot see shit. And so like it's a small town in Louisiana called Varnado, and like it's so small of a town, he would just walk home from the church. Oh, you told me about this dude. <clears throat> yeah, because yeah. he only went two places: his house and the church. So he would just walk. People would always <laughs> ride by. London, you need a ride. He'd be like, Nah, I'm good. Yeah, nigga, get your ass in this car. Right, there might be a new ditch or something. You might get your ankle a new, in ditch. new ditch. And so he would just walk home. Who the fuck put this ditch here? <laughs> but then my mom told me this crazy story. <laughs> what? So one day he walks home from church and goes home, and basically he walks in, and this is how dumb his ex-wife was. How you get caught cheating by a blind nigga first? <laughs> oh of all. yeah! Oh my god! So you know, yeah. blind people have like the other senses. Yeah. So he could probably hear them fucking from a mile from the away. Church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the church, nigga. <laughs> nigga praying. He, he praying extra hard. Like God, give me this strip. Nobody <laughs> in my house, <laughs> bro. But yeah, so he walked in, caught them fucking. She freaked out. 
And I think they were, I think my mom said, I think they were on meth or something. So they like freaked out. Hell no. Nah. Grabbed this nigga and tied him up and put him in the shed <gasps> oh, around back. Yeah. And it's like, dog, y'all evil. How y'all gonna tie a blind nigga up mm, and mm, leave mm. him back there, bro? Mm. So now this blind dude is just in this shed and they like rode off into some other town. <laughs> and I think they finally got caught. I think the dude, I think she's in prison and I think the dude died. Man, they didn't have to do that because the nigga, like, imagine he come home, he catch our fucking, like, he, he ain't had to, like, tie him up. He could have just, like, stood still. That's right. <laughs> Bro, right. Like, y'all could have just evaded this nigga. Why'd y'all right. have to tie him up? <laughs> Like bro, y'all, to, y'all you did not have to tie this blind man up. Y'all could have been like, all right, well we just gonna we just gonna get out of here then. You be like, uh, Lunder, it's only one of us in here. It's only one. Exactly. <laughs> I was watching porn. I wasn't <laughs> right. Nah, he's like, I can smell two people in here. I pooted. I, I actually pooted when I was when I was. The Lord bless my sense of smell and hearing. Oh, <laughs> the cold thing about that is. You gotta be a cruel ass motherfucker to tie up a blind person. Dog, I'm telling you. You're like, you. give me a hand. Bring it here. Bring it here. Case where is here, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> give me your hand. I don't. I don't know where you're leading me. And so like, they tied him up, put him in the shed, bro, and just left him in there. That's evil. And I and I guess people like he didn't get to church the next day, and so people are like, why? Is, why wasn't he at church? He's never missed a day of church. And I guess somebody went up there like looking for him, and they heard him yelling in the shed, and they got him out. I'm just like Damn. That's literally That's some small town Southern shit Like I have so many stories Of like hearing things like that In small towns in the south That's bro. crazy Cause yeah. like people People don't really deal with The law Here in like Every day You know what I'm saying They kinda Like in those small towns Like this Like like the Two of the main roads Are like named after my family Cause they just live there It's like that small of a town Like alright Well this is our road Like that's how small of a town This shit is So a lot of disputes And things that happen In in that town Like just happen Between the people Yeah straight up So That kind of shit Happens to people Especially like disabled people And stuff like that So Hell yeah I remember My grandma My grandma uh, Told us a story About how Cause I asked her I was like like, I never You never said anything About your dad You know And so She was like uh, And I've been I had been to I've met my great grandmother like she was cool when I met her, you know, <clears throat> but I think she looks like ninety something. So I went there, met her. Damn, my grandma was scared of her. Yeah, my grandma, who? Yeah, she was cool, fun, but she when she would turn it on, she did not fuck around. But she told a story about how uh, she was like, yeah, she was like, uh, my dad was like cheating on my mom, and my mom found out, and he came back to the house, and we all met him outside with guns. She was. I had a gun too. That's the family from Texas, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's some small town Texas shit. Yeah, and it's and we just, we just where they live too. Ourselves. We ain't calling nobody, nigga. No, nope. we and, gonna wait for you outside. Yeah, and they told that nigga never come back, mm-hmm. and he never did. And I remember just the way she told us, it was just like, oh well, bye, nigga. Like it, she didn't really. What can yeah. I do? Yeah. <laughs> Bye, nigga. That's some small town shit. Yeah, mama said we gonna shoot your ass. So yeah, and it was literally small, small. I remember <clears throat> every like the property was really big, but like the neighbor house was like across Super the street. Far. Yep. But then it was just like deeper in, and there were no other houses around. Yep. And then the backyard, there's no fence, none of that shit. It's just woods, nigga, and everything. Everything was far as fuck. There was just it was just them around. That's some small town shit. So, like, that small town, like, I would go there during the summers. Uh-huh. And I remember there was, like, this weekend 
where like these two kids that usually weren't there. That's the other thing. All the kids would just go out and play. And my grandma had a pool, so I remember these two kids I hadn't, I hadn't met. We like just kind of I was like walking down the road dribbling a basketball. They was outside. It was a boy and a girl. We were all like thirteen, and we just played together like the whole weekend. And I remember the girl was so cute, and I liked her so much. And I was like, <clears throat> I got back. And I was telling my grandma, I was like, yeah, I met this girl. She was blah, blah, blah. She was amazing. I was holding her she hand. She was amazing. And my grandma was like, nigga, that's your cousin. Ah, so, I was like, no. God damn. <laughs> like, I can't even make fun of these white people no more. It happens. <laughs> I thought I was in love, nigga, 13. I thought, I'm about to put a ring on this. And then you come to find out, yeah, we just got the same family values. That's the this, <laughs> I fell in, I fell in love that summer weekend. She was my cousin, bro. Oh, that's hilarious! No, that's funny. Mm-hmm. That's some small town shit. Yeah, that is some small town shit. Yeah, whole another world, nigga. You talking about Joanna? Man, that's Sister Curl's daughter. Right, that's literally what. I, that's literally what it was. You know, you know your auntie Cheryl. That's her daughter. You remember? Like, oh, oh, that's it. <laughs> It's like, well, how was I supposed to know that? I mean, well, we in love now, so y'all just y'all got to baptized get over. the same time. Ah. Y'all got baptized. When, when, how old was y'all when y'all got baptized? I, I want to say like, I, about I five, like four, or five. I mean, I you get baptized twice, don't you? Like, yeah, as a baby? I was, I was like a small baby, uh-huh. and then I think I did it again when I was like in middle school. I remember when I was like, yeah, four or five. Yeah, it. Out, out here actually at <laughs> fucking. Uh, uh, Belmont, mm. uh, Pastor Project was over there. Yeah, man, I remember that shit. That shit was wild because it was like a big. It was like before. Me- it wasn't a mega church, but it was a big ass church. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it was just like a. It was something that was just like a ceremony that I did not fully understand. Did you? But do, it was large. It was like a lot of moving parts. The uh, did they have you go to like class before? Uh no, I mean they they did give us a rundown. Maybe that did go to class. I'm so young, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. But they did give us a rundown, like what was gonna happen and uh-huh. what we we're gonna do and shit like that. Yeah, because I remember I had to go. I had to go to like this. I had to go to like a, I don't know, just like a special like sit down, like a meeting, and they were telling me like what it meant to be baptized and yeah. all that stuff, yeah. and they, they what they're gonna do and, and everything right. like that. But you know, it's funny. I was I remember. <laughs> At the end of church, they would ask, does anybody want to come up and give their life to Christ, altar right? Altar call, right. Yeah, altar call. Yeah. It's been so long. And uh, I got a funny-ass altar call. Oh, shit. Do your thing. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, I would always be like, you know, I was always afraid to go up there and be like, oh, I'm going to give my life to Christ. Like, hell no, nah, fuck that. That's I'm, just scary, man. That's just scary as fuck. You in front of all those people. It's meant to scare you, though. Yeah, and it's like, you know what I thought being baptized meant? Like, me, I, I hated going to the classes and all this shit. I just wanted to hang out with my friends. And right. You're a kid. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I just, I don't give a fuck about, I don't want to sit down like, and he's, this is like school, but and y'all get to like whoop my ass, like, I really want to swing on y'all niggas. <laughs> you know? Like, I always felt like that. Right. And so, just not wanting to listen to the lessons and all this stuff, because I don't really know like a lot of the Bible stories. I yeah. just did not, I was so stubborn and prideful. The more you try to make me do some shit I didn't want to do, I was just was definitely not going to do it. So I thought being baptized meant that you had to stay underwater for three days. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Oh that my so god! I was, I was a kid. Oh my Y'all god! Heard drowning nigga? Like this how the nigga. fuck this nigga hold his breath for three days? <laughs> he up didn't there? pay attention to none of the Bible school. None. This nigga, nigga mixing up the stories and shit. So Jesus was underwater for three days. <laughs> you got to resurrect at the goddamn baptism. <laughs> and it's funny too where our fucking pool was, like where you got baptized in Calvary Church, bro. It's like it was upstairs on. It was upstairs on the right. So it was another story up, and there's a whole another door that you can go through. Because it was it was a two story building, but then it, it was yeah where the church was was just. Just had a high ceiling, and and yeah, so like we would just look up there. Never had the lights on and shit, and like a nigga would come out the door. Tease, goddamn. So yeah, when I got, I was just like nervous when I got baptized. I was like seven. You thought you was about to drown. Yeah, I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought all these niggas was cool. Y'all niggas about to drown me. Y'all adults. Is <laughs> <laughs> there gonna be a lifeguard president church this weekend? <laughs> Real. Yeah. I was like, what if I can't last three days, nigga? I'm not baptized. I'll make the cut. Right. You going to hell. <laughs> you going to hell. He died on the second day. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga was full of sin. He was eight years old. Eight years old. <laughs> I was bad, though, too. I was, I was... What's your baptism story? It's an altar call story. The altar call. Oh, yeah, the altar call. So, this was my... Freshman year of college, I was back in my hometown for some kind of little break. And so, uh, so of course, I had to go to church. So I was there. And the it was a guest. It was like, it wasn't our main pastor preaching that day. It was another pastor who was younger. And he was preaching that day. And so he really liked to pray for people. So he did like this altar call at the end. Called up people up. He made people feel guilty a bunch of bu- about a bunch of shit. So people was coming up there crying and raising their hands and wanting prayer and shit. So, so there's this dude. If I, if I was 19, this guy had to be about 16, 17 because he's still in high school. He's a football player, like real, like a, honestly, like a football star at his high school. Uh-oh. And uh, he went up there to get prayer. And so here's the problem with altar calls is it's never. Here's the thing: if you're gonna pray for somebody. And you hear from God what you're praying for them for. That needs to be a private conversation between you and whoever the nigga is you're praying for. Mm-hmm. But what pastors do is they hear it from God, apparently, and they got a microphone and they telling the whole church what the fuck you dealing with so they can pray for it, too. So this young guy that's a football player got his hands up. He put his hand on his head and he blah, 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 and all that kind of shit for a <laughs> right, minute. Right. He's like. We gonna we and then he goes in front of the whole church. We gonna help you beat that porn addiction today. Ooh. And I was and like it was like a pin dropped in the church. Like everybody, like everybody had their eyes closed praying. Was like, wait, Ooh. what does this nigga say? So everybody like looked over and was like looking at him. And I felt so bad for this seventeen year old kid because it's like, bro, I'm a seventeen year old kid. Uh, of duh, course I'm looking at porn. That's not a good guess. You that's not a wild guess at all. You didn't hear that from God. God ain't tell you that shit. You you piece of shit. Piece of shit, bro. Like you a teenager, nigga. Of course you watch porn. You probably just learned how to jack off. Like, that's what, what I'm fuck? saying. And so that's and now he cold. just told the whole church this nigga got a porn addiction. So this nigga mom walked from the other side of the church to come stand by him while he getting prayed for. Get I, your ass off of me, mama. <laughs> God, no, I'm that mad. was the most awkward shit I ever seen in my life. And of course, like all the other high school kids is like laughing in the back and this shit. This nigga watch porn. This nigga watch porn. Uh, oh my and, like, he getting prayed for. 
Like imagine the whole church hears you watch porn and you seventeen. Like you can't just like hang out after church after that. Like I'm going mm-hmm. home immediately. Mm-hmm. You ain't getting no plate. And here's the thing: not nobody had parked behind my shit. And I want to. I need a, to get out. I want to do a bit about it because like if it had been me, I would have called this bluff. Okay, well if I watch porn, ask God to tell you what the kind of shit I be watching then, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> And if you can't, if you and if you don't know, then you not you not hearing from God. You a lying piece of shit. <laughs> Keep you your a, prayer. You a lying sack of shit. And I would have been like, I don't watch porn in front of the whole church. I would have made this nigga look stupid. Nah, yeah, I would have been like, oh, oh no, hell no, nah, nigga, that's a lie. That's a lie. Ask God what category I be watching in. <laughs> nah, the pastor would have been like, this nigga's been watching big. Booty Latinas Volume 3 <laughs> <I'm> like, Wrong <laughs> Wrong I like interracial couples <laughs> I like BBW You lying nigga You lying <laughs> That's how church works though It runs on like that Salacious drama shit bro yeah. That's how the prayer call Even worked before it even happens right Cause it's like two parted right. First of all The pastor's been in everybody's ear The past yeah. week He's been hearing everybody's problems. That's technically who you gossip to. That's your therapist, low key, right? Yep. But y'all didn't even sign no uh, <laughs> confidential, no NDA. He's not, no he not breaking no HIPAA law. <laughs> he hearing from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's the Holy Law. That's the Holy Law. So the Holy Spirit be snitching, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday come, this nigga he already know that ten minute. It's like it got to be like some comedy shit. He was like, all right, before I get the light, I'm gonna do my prayer call shit, right? right. So he already know everybody's problem that week. If you ain't paid your rent this month, <laughs> you gonna need to come up here and get a prayer. Right. I ain't saying no names. Right. <laughs> right. But look straight ahead. Somebody's like, car is getting repoed right now. Right now. <laughs> I used to hate that when they would make those broad generalizations. Yeah. <laughs> Nigga, we all black and we all broke. Of course we all dealing with that shit. Fuck you, man. You can't put the lights on in your house. Come on down. Mm-hmm. The gas ain't coming on. The congregation already paid for a few of you guys' light bills already. No, the fuck <laughs> they you, can, you got someone all this. Well. Wow. <laughs> Bro, that shit fucked up, man. Cause I'll never forget. Y'all don't hear me though. <laughs> 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 nigga gonna roast everybody and be like, y'all don't hear me though. Yeah, no, we heard you, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we heard you. We just not listening. Nah, that's some as Corey says, nasty work. I, I saw some nasty work, bro. We went to the we, you know, how, like you go visit a, like the church. We all go visit a church. Yeah. You know oh, I hated doing they that. They having like shit. a revival or That's something. That's the church's yeah. field trip. Yeah. So like all the so you better be on your best behavior, boy. I whooped yeah. your ass up in this motherfucking don't, church. Don't embarrass us in this other church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you be scared, so like, nigga. Well, good Jesus. Right. I thought this was fun. Right. The kids from the kids from that church looking at y'all like these niggas weird. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. y'all the rest, all the kids from the guest church just sitting like this. Hell right. yeah. <laughs> On APs and Qs. Hell yeah. You bro. better not do nothing bro. up in this show. You bet you ain't even you better not even go to the I bathroom. Better be over to hear a pin drop. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't know what it is about when you guess go to a guest church, it's either really, really fun or really, really boring. You be like, man, y'all church suck. Like Hell that. yeah. And so I remember <laughs> our church, I ain't even got a basketball court, nigga. <laughs> so I remember we go to this church. I was like in high school. I think I was in ninth grade And we all had to go To this other church And I remember at the end The pastor was like I know a lot of people in here 
struggling financially. We in a recession and all this bullshit. All this bullshit. He's like, come down right now and put something in this basket so God can bless you to turn your financial situation around. And in my head, I'm 14. I'm like, nigga, if I'm struggling financially, why the fuck I'm gonna give you some money? <laughs> it don't make sense. <laughs> right. Right. And the amount of people that went down there and did it, and I was I was mad because people from my church was going down there giving that nigga some money. I was like, now nah, you know better. It's not even your church. It's not right. even your church. What the fuck church. you doing? You know we need the bathroom painted, nigga. We need some new shit in there. Trying to look like they on a uh, you know their best manners uh-huh. and shit. They like <laughs> best at our church, we got money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we tie that everybody church. Hell, nigga. Hell no. Nah. Every church got a building fund. Mm-hmm. Where the, where the building at? Huh. No building. Y'all ain't broke ground yet, Pastor? Mm. No, we just we waiting on the Lord to say the same. No, the, what? the cold thing about it, they bring in the uh, they'll bring in the photos. They get they bring in what the building gonna look like. Oh yeah, they had a three D <laughs> mock up and everything. They had the plans laid out, the blueprint. We gonna have a cafeteria in there, yes, Lord. <laughs> Shit, where you think Doctor Umar got that from? Nigga? <gasps> He's like the pastors be doing it. Right, I'm gonna mm-hmm, tell these niggas mm-hmm. I'm gonna make a school, mm-hmm. <laughs> not do that shit. Mm-hmm. Damn, these niggas. Then the pastor get caught up in a scandal. Mm-hmm. Niggas been fucking everybody at the church. <laughs> what kind of car y'all pastor have? Well, he had a Cadillac, but it Cadillac. changed. It it kept changing. I mean, he had the new. He always had a new yeah. Cadillac. I will say this about my church. My pastor, uh, he preached at our church for free. He didn't make it. He didn't take any money from the church. He had like a really good. He was an engineer. He like he was like actually had like a lot of money. He was a real like engineer. He worked. Oh, at the, he had a really good job. Big, he had a really good job. He worked at this big electric company in the south. They actually were the company that uh, restored a lot of power to houses during Katrina. Wow. So yeah, so he he was like a really good engineer. So he didn't need the church's money. So that is one thing I will say about my church. The church I did grow up in, they did a good job of like not. Taking niggas money like that Because mm-hmm. I would go to other places And I'm like yo this is nasty What y'all mm-hmm. doing in here bro How'd a yeah. play come out four times Bro uh, What And, How then, many y'all, and then y'all do the same song got. Every time the plate come out At least you know jazz it up a little bit If I uh, gotta give you some money I know what you're doing Nothing more threatening than when you unexpectedly See them ushers at the end of the room <laughs> About to pass the plate down You're like damn <laughs> Y'all niggas ain't got no shame Right here with the plate nigga It's for the lord Pass it down <laughs> Bro <laughs> Nigga I was an usher too Oh yeah Hell yeah my grandma made me do that shit Junior man. usher Hell yeah, that's how I knew. Uh, that's how I learned about face. What that was, I was like, oh, wow, face. <laughs> and I remember that's funny. Like years later, uh, I remember my mom like she was like, "You should just go to the military or whatever." And I was like, "Hell no, I ain't going to the military." Yeah, you microdosed the military already. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck no, I know what about face is." Hell no, I know it felt like it, you know. Right. And I was in the choir. Man, sure. yeah, I was in the choir too. Damn. Y'all drink that other that other drink? I got I got I'm drinking my second one right now. I mean I just poured it. Damn, my cup drink. We get past me that now. Oh, my bad. Good. Oh oh oh. Did y'all did y'all see where um the gas station chain Circle K is? They're working on weed is gonna be at the gas station. I heard. I saw a headline. I thought that was an Onion article. Skylar Higley wrote or some shit. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, yeah. That shit can't be That's real. Nah, it's a Bloomberg article, bro. Circle K really about to start selling the gas. 
Man. I was like, we been sold at gas stations. Y'all just didn't know about it. <laughs> For real. That's wild. I mean, I can't afford shit. I can't afford Bloomberg, so I can't look at the whole article, but that is I, I, yeah, check back in when Arco drops some some OGs. <laughs> yeah, Arco, take away that 45 cent fucking debit card fee, y'all be. <laughs> but they be having the cheapest gas prices though. That's the same. But it's like they're charging us that because of what the their bank charges them to have like a merchant account. Oh, yeah. like oh, I know. Transaction fees, you know what I mean? So, but it's like Y'all are y'all not making y'all not y'all are covering that for them. Yeah, they're right. they're they're covering that and some. You know, right. and some. Just niggas, I worked at the bank. I know what y'all motherfuckers doing. I'm gonna say this: if you buy weed from a gas station, you a bitch ass nigga. You know a nigga that sell weed. If you don't text that nigga, fuck that, bro. That is real. Yeah, if you buying weed at a gas station, you probably shouldn't be smoking weed. No. Oh, it's gonna cut. The weed man. I, I mean, Completely. the stores have already done that. It's, but yeah, it's, it's going it's terrible. Oh, it's going soon. Definitely soon. Cut. Apple and Google gonna be. We gonna be smoking like Apple oh, and sure. Google. Yeah. that's what uh that show Weeds did in the finale. Starbucks was a weed coffee shop in like right. in like twenty twenty something. It's right. gonna happen. They're just right now. They're all figuring out ways to make it cost effective. Mm-hmm. And they're waiting for the government to. Uh, Make it federally federally legal. Yeah, because so, Joe, Joe Biden already didn't hit. You he's know, trying, yeah. So yeah, that and and the only reason that's happening is not to release people from prison. It's uh-huh. because companies are now structured where they can all make money off of that mm-hmm. shit, and Ooh. that's what they've been waiting on. Not for justice for these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, and that's just it's just cold blooded how the system just it's crazy. Got us, it just got us in a bind, bro. Like. Brown and black people are the majority of people locked up on weed charges, but white people are the majority of making money off weed. Nigga, can you? That's crazy. These niggas have already charging buku money for gas. They've already, and what they do with the funds is fucking terroristic, you know, what they do with this money and shit. So it's like, not only are you guys doing hella criminal shit with the shit that we are Unfortunately, we have to pay to get this gas. It's like now you guys are about to take over the weed market too. Yep, that's about to be heinous. Yeah, that's about to be heinous. You bet, especially if you buying weed from Chevron and Shell, Mobile, Chevron, Kush. That's nasty. Big ass conglomerates that's like polluted the planet. No, I don't 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 want that. I don't want that at all, bro. That shit sounds gross. It's gonna dilute the. It's gonna dilute the product. The weed's the gonna product be bad. Is already bro. diluted. It's yeah. just gonna make it that much worse. And I definitely ain't trying to support no conglomerate like that, man. No, uh, because and here's the thing, that's gonna be cheaper weed. They gonna cut the market. Yeah. Oh, think about it. I mean, gas stations are located everywhere, everywhere. where it's convenient as everywhere. far as like coming out the freeway. You out got here in L.A., traveling. there's just as many weed shops as gas stations. Right. Like straight up, right. like yeah, there's before more, before yeah. it got recreational, it shifts. It's that's why it, it'll be a while before that ever happens out here because the way it's gonna happen in places that don't have like a mm. lot of dispensaries set up. Because like out here, all this money these white people didn't spent paying them taxes and them fees to get them dispensaries, you think they just gonna let gas stations cut them out the market like that? Nah, they didn't put so much money in. The government's pocket to make sure that don't happen. That's gonna happen in places that don't have a real dispensary. That's well, no, the thing too, is, is like, that they'll be able to easily partner up with this. I can see a cookies how long partner would that take though? I can see a cookies partner. Yeah, it, the same way how they have different brands coming into the we shops. I can see the different brands coming into 
and gas sell, stations and they, they have sell five their different products. Yeah. Kind of like you can buy flaming hots at a gas station. You yeah. can buy this brand's stuff at a gas yeah. station. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they have some store shit. They have some store, you know. Oh yeah, you can get the Texaco fucking OG, and then they'll have like yeah, they have four or five different brands. Just had their logo on the packaging, and then you already seen like a couple of years ago they were teasing with Marlboro having uh, joints, having like ten, you know, twelve joints coming out with packets, like cigarette packets with joints. So I think it's just going to make that bridge just that much shorter between like actually having these cigarette companies now producing joints and weeds like prepackaged. Cannabis and shit, dog. It's gonna be weird. And That's like, crazy. what they gonna That's do? Gonna the dirty. employees gonna have to like do extra shit now too. Yeah. And like, and not, not get paid, not, not, not get, get paid, paid for, that for that shit either. Like, you don't get paid that much to work at a gas station, nigga. No, no now you a, a dispenser, you a bartender. Now gas stations gonna have to have security. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't just have weed at a place like that. Mm-hmm. It's a bad idea. It's a. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't think it's a good idea. No, I it's don't. only for profit. Like everything, greed. For profit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like this fucking greed shit. It's crazy, bro. Capitalism, crazy. Is wild, yeah, and it does. It is gonna open up another area of uh, like criminal activity. Yeah, of course. That I think some of that shit's gonna be <laughs> orchestrated. I got shit on my face. Got it. Yeah, I think some of that shit's gonna be orchestrated. Because <clears throat> even now, you hear about weed shops that get shut down, and there's a whole. What the fuck I got on my lip? What is it? I don't know what the hell it was. There's like a whole like there's there's all types of agencies that goes into like all right we're gonna follow this weed shop we're gonna trace them for like a couple yep. of weeks or a month and then, then we're gonna let go them in stack there, up some money stack up some and money and then we gonna bust they bust shit down. Ass. So and the police are involved in that because yeah, they know the like all right, taking hella money on yeah home. of course on some training day shit so it's like yeah you know there's gonna be some weird. Orchestrated yeah. shit that's going. You gotta be careful, nigga. I almost went to jail because of a weed raid, bro. So Arthur used to shop at this shop too. It was the one over oh, my old house, yep, right around the bro, corner. So I knew them niggas wasn't doing it legally. Yeah, no. But I don't give a fuck. They got the best price, cheaper best weed. prices. They got bro. the good weed. Yeah, I was getting good seven. I support prices. trap shops. Somebody. I was getting seven G's. I was getting seven G's for like twenty five dollars, and uh, and. Uh, I would go there. I would go there every week to get yep. my little seven grams, and so I would I basically place. there was a really good taco truck across the street. I would go yep. order my tacos, and he would be like, "All right, it's gonna be fifteen minutes." And then I walk across the street, and I go get my weed, and I come outside, and my tacos would be ready. Oh God! And I walk home. Walk home, nigga. So, oh God! So I so I walk to go. I get my tacos, and then I somebody called me, so I walked. I didn't do my usual route. I just go across the street. I went down the street, and then I cross. So I'm on the phone and I'm walking up to the weed shop and I'm just hearing people yell. And I heard somebody get thrown against the wall and I look up. The police are in the middle of raiding the weed shop. Like they're they've got people by their shirts pulling them out the fucking weed shop. They got product in their hands. They're like handcuffing people and throwing them against the wall and all this kind of shit. And one nigga is literally yelling, like, I was just a customer here. I was just a customer here. And he was like, well, you were in here and this is illegal. And, bro, I was on the way to buy weed there. And I don't know what. Something happened. 
I think I had gotten an argument with a girl or something. Like something happened like an hour before that, like Nigga. made me not yep. go. Like it prolonged me going up there. Bro. Yep. And it's funny too, because I talked to you that day. Yep. And I had pulled up and I was like, oh, hell no, nah, nigga. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? The glass was all broken. Yep. The police fucked that place up. Yeah. It's it crazy. Did. Like, nigga, I could be in like prison right now for yeah, just yeah, being in there. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And I that was that was one of the craziest days. I had to just like I didn't. I had to go get weed from somewhere else, and then I just got home. And I just sat on the couch and just got high. I was like, "That was crazy. Like that really just happened." Yeah, when I was over in Echo Park, we had a little trap shop like that too, um, and it was to the point where it was like you got to know the people in right. there. And I knew all the. I'm like, uh, they used to put they put, put girls, girls on church jokes. Yeah, they put girls on church jokes on the TV. And I was walking. I was walking there with the hoodie. They're like, what's that? I was like, oh, it's my, home, my homeboy comedy album. Like, y'all should put Bro. it on. Too. And like, and I remember I was in because there was two. There's one, two right next door to each other. Yep. And I went in one day too, and I was like, "Yeah, I do comedy and everything." And like, they put my shit on the TV. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, dope. That shit. That's that shit was, you get to know. Them. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, yeah, the one by mine, it got shut down. But it was to the point where the weed was so good, and we was in that bitch again. But it was like new employees, and it was weird because you had to get to know them again. The point system was different. They didn't have the same computer. So I was like, nigga, I done racked up all these points. What happened to them points that I had? I know, like, <laughs> man. You walking with your car like, look, I'm at the ninth punch on my card, nigga. Like, oh, we don't use that no more. What? What you mean? <laughs> I'm supposed to get a free eighth, nigga. I got to come back here again, nigga. It's the same building. That shit uh, is. That was the old, that was the old way, you know. That was the old policy. Them niggas got raided, nigga. We but did we was it. in that bitch all the time. And we was like, damn, even though they got raided last week, we in here again. Just they can get raided now, any minute. And that was just part of the thrill of being in that bitch. Cause part of the thrill, <laughs> y'all niggas stupid. Niggas not just getting high; they getting the adrenaline rush. Looking behind their back, yeah, because it's like old school again. <laughs> Nigga buying weed. <laughs> Uh, 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 right. I, I just want an eighth. I want three point five. That's the fucked up part. You come to a, the shop because you don't want to deal with that no more. Now I'm coming to you and still having the feeling I gotta look over my shoulder for the police. Yeah, hell no, bro. I love it though. I support trap shops. Definitely, bro. I went in one the other day. Support and... your local trap shop. Just keep your head on the swivel. Yeah, bro. keep your head on the swivel. And when I went into the other day, I was like, man, it feel like everybody got hands in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody letting up nothing. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. One nigga probably got a gun. I feel safe in here. A nigga tried to come here and rob y'all. He robbing us. Nigga, I'm with y'all. Fuck that. Save me, nigga. Yeah, yeah. We fight for ours in here, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> nigga, save me, nigga. There was some shit that we wanted to actually talk about. Oh, yeah. Y'all want to do it? Yeah. What was it? Okay. So, you know, there's a lot of... Com- uh, there's a lot of... Comedy people that listen to this, so I got roll a blunt for oh, this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Before we fully officially, what uh, what, do you, what else you want to talk about? I just want to say some somewhat positive. Oh, do your thing. Oh, what, you got a, you got somebody pregnant, nigga? Or what? No, uh, stop it, nigga. <laughs> stop that. Nigga. I'm about to have a son, y'all. <laughs> no, uh, this is just a message. Uh, I was going back and forth talking to uh, you know Cody from Sunday Sunday. Sunday line, yeah, yeah, Sunday yeah. punchline. Sunday Somebody punch hit line, me yeah. up from that show. A dope show at Mrs. They do at Mrs. Robinson. I don't know if they shout out Cody. Much love Cody. They, they kind of been hating on Cody. Um, of course they do. He run a good room and he not he not sucking up to nobody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Well, and the venue itself, I think, has been like, oh, we every month has been like, we'll see, we'll really? see. So every, but it's he's packed out kinda, every time I go up there. And it's also blacked out. <laughs> he, Cody do be having niggas up there. He fuck he. 
He fuck with the Cody, black. Cody Payne, black too. Comics. Yeah, he do. Yeah, he, that's what I'm saying. He runs a really dope show. So we were just going back and forth. And uh, he was like, yeah, man, I've been looking, listening to the podcast. And I was like, really? You been listening to that shit? Really? <laughs> you wild. He was like, yeah, I work from home. but So I got I got some podcast time. But uh, you guys' show should be required listening for anyone working in comedy. I agree. I thought that was beautiful. That's really. That's really. Wait, wait say that one more time. <clears throat> say it one more time. We're just going back and forth, and uh, he was just saying like, "Yo, um, I listen to you guys' show all the time, and I think you guys' show should be required listening for anybody working in comedy." Jeez, I agree. I thought that was special. That's pretty cool. That's very that's very kind, man. We've been we've been shown a lot of love from the show. That's why I know yeah. it's I know it's gonna go somewhere. It's just pure, you know. It saying? is pure. That hit me in the chest, yeah. nigga. Yeah. And it's fun. It's yeah. it's it's what we supposed to be doing. Yep. So, so I that's the thing, man. Like everybody that listens to this shit, give yourself a pat on the back or a round of applause for yourself, man. For like, real. We, we we just crazy niggas talking into microphones if you don't listen to this shit. So yeah. I appreciate y'all. That's real. Thank you listen you. to three niggas in the gutter. In the yeah. gutter. Been in the gutter for years. Oof. Tired, nigga. Just stumbled across some podcast equipment. Right. <laughs> we in this We bitch. can't afford this shit. <laughs> <laughs> that hurt, nigga. <laughs> I know. Oh, just like, trying to make it happen, bro. Much appreciation to you yeah. guys, man. I mean, shit. That's I was real. just thinking about how uh, we did. We got the uh, the New York Comedy Festival shit. We had like three hundred and seventy subscribers. All right. You know, we've grown since then. We didn't even have that many subscribers when we first got the look. No, because they we sent them the video of the Juneteenth show. Right. There's no way you watch that and, and be like, like, no, no. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> You got your motherfucking mind, right. nigga. And that's that, another cool thing, too, ugh. about, like, yeah, we just put the work in. Yep. We put the work in. We put the time in. You can't skip this shit. You can't jump start this shit. Oh. Like, you really have to do it. So it's like, even though our numbers are small and y'all are rocking with us, right? yo, we got superstar quality shit happening over here. Y'all had to be here, Easily. Man. So it's like, yeah, it was just a matter of time until something came together. Yeah, we still throwing paint at the walls. Trying still, we still stick. figuring this shit out, <laughs> and it's just like I really think all the people that support this show right now, like I'm telling you, like in a few years, it's gonna be really fun to say you were you were listening and watching this shit right before all the other shit, you know, before so, everybody yeah. else started listening. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, so get that merch too. You gonna, be, you gonna be telling y'all don't know about Squirrel Man. Y'all don't know about Squirrel <laughs> Man. Y'all don't know about the Underground y'all Railroad. Y'all don't know about B Boop. You don't y'all know about B Boop. Hilarious. Bruh. Pete, oh that shit gosh. is like memorable. We got a lot of memories. McNiggas. show we got like show themes, movies, yep. series, like different areas of content that yeah. we can play with, that we can work with, we that we, we one of the we best podcasts in. in the world, man. Tell them again. What? We one of the best podcasts in the world. Cheers to that. Roll up to that. That's real shit. And if you listen to this, that means you enjoy quality and you one of the best listeners in the world. That's real. Right? That's what you are. You one of the best YouTube watchers in the world. Right. You, you, you better be a subscriber. Click the subscribe button, by the oh, way. Yeah. Be one of the best subscribers in the world. 
But it's like one thing uh, Donald Glover said uh, when he won his the second time he won an Emmy. He said something really cool. He was like, he really puts a lot into his projects because he believes that when somebody watches something that has quality, they accept that quality and they see themselves. They see it in themselves as like, well, I don't. I shouldn't accept anything less. So they when they see some quality art, they're like, well, I I only want to watch stuff on this standard now. Mm. I don't need to see or hear shit that don't meet up to this i agree and so yeah. it's just like it says a lot about people that support this show before it even you know goes. really takes off yeah. right i agree totally that yeah, means man. you got you got a you you got the what is it i mean you either have the you taste, tuned in to the right channel you tuned yeah. in you got the sauce your chakras is alive <laughs> <laughs> there it is your chakras is aligned with good shit you know what i'm saying you are manifesting real true art into your life and fucking bring us out to your town man if you're not in la if you can't come catch us i mean we ain't even doing major shit out here anyway so it really don't matter but no fuck <laughs> that i ain't gonna accept that we is doing major shit well we doing major shit. major underground shit out here underground shit but it's yeah. like you know the the conversation is around the frequency and the consistency that we're able to do this shit and it's like versus doing it on our own or versus just being able to do it like some of our colleagues who are not the same complexion as us you know so uh that's where the i think the frustration comes into but i did want to go into whatever Nows is about yeah. to get into I as far read. as like a positive note as far as like yo people yeah. really fuck with this shit yeah. and the reason why we're about to go into this shit that Nows is saying is because it needs to be like heard. exactly this podcast is required listening for people who are in the comedy business and people who just fuck with comedy yeah. you know, on a raw level so we're about to talk some shit because yeah. there's a lot of heinous shit that goes on in this scene Yep. It so ain't just all ain't just all laughs and structured jokes nah. and riffing and improv. That's maybe only ten percent of it is the laughs. Yeah. Ten percent of this comedy shit is actually fun. Yeah. This other ninety percent is like that athlete. <laughs> What's it? Ten percent mint. Ninety percent mint. I'm in the I'm in the physical ninety percent mental, yeah. Low key, bro. <laughs> I do want to shout out a couple people in our Instagram DMs. Okay. T Farg, she said, honestly, all of y'all just have me cracking up big time. But she put a bunch of laughing emojis in the heart. Appreciate you, T Farg. And then you. a dude named Joe Bertoloni. He said, I'm high as shit, laughing my dick off to y'all right laughing now. Laughing my dick off. <laughs> well, thank Hold you. your dick, nigga. Don't right. let it fall don't off. Let you, don't let your dick fall off. Don't blame that on us, man. <laughs> we we glad you laughing, Joe. Bert, Bertoloni. You might be Italian. I'm Italian. But yeah, man, I wanted to. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's not leave everybody out. We, I mean, uh, some other people. Well, I mean, not not necessarily on the IG or Twitter or shit like yeah. that. But oh, you just on the, too? on the last episode on our last. Shout YouTube. them out! Shout yeah, them yeah, out! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gabby, love the mushroom design. Hey, got a, got a hoodie. So happy to she support. She got a mushroom hoodie. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! Please tag keep... us in a picture of that. Please. please. I want to see somebody in the mushroom hoodie. We'll post that on the Instagram. Yeah. That's please. dope. She said, "Please keep the podcast long. It never gets boring." See what I tell y'all. You did. It was a trip. And then uh, wrinkle and crime. Who I know from Deaf Noodles. What's okay, up? Okay, they're a Deaf Noodles fan. Yeah. She said, "I will buy the YHTBH mixtape." 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nah, we got to do that. We shit. got Emma Jane. Uh, this one was so funny. Can't wait for the old YHTBH. Yeah. I've been about. seeing Emma Jane in the comments. <laughs> I appreciate that. The old, old YHT, yeah, YHTBH is going to be. Gonna be fire. I think you call it. Y'all had to be old. Yeah, yep. yeah. Y'all had to be old. That's and gonna be dope. We got Gracie Garcia, who's in all of our, you know, channels and shit. All hey. of our videos. Just saying, only Jober, only Johnny sober. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. She cracked the code. She cracked the code. Man. Uh, what's dope. happening out here? I love this. I love the support. We I love it. I love it too. Also, I got a question too after. Uh, depending on where we're at, I got a question after we get into the, the bullshit. Okay, cool. About, you know, going back into some positive shit. Yeah. So, we got a lot of people in comedy that are watching, listen to this. So, I, I just felt like this was a story we needed to talk about. And because this is one of my favorite scenes and cities to do shows in, Chicago. I can't wait to for all of us to go there yeah. on, the, on the next tour of Chicago. Y'all are our top city outside of New York and L.A. So, we can't wait to come fuck with y'all. But um, yeah. in Chicago, there's a venue called The Hideout, which uh, has actually been suggested to me before to run a show. And this year, they hired their first black booker. I think I think his name is Michael DeVille. He was a program director there and booker uh, this past year. And basically, um, he went through he went through some tough shit while working there. And today on Instagram, he basically told his story. He mm-hmm. wanted everybody to know what happened, and uh, I feel like we should uh, we should talk about yeah, this. Yeah, because something happened to where you yeah. know they like offered him money or something. Like yeah, that. they offered him money. They gave him a severance, but he had to also sign an NDA, NDA uh-huh. so he didn't take the oh, money. Oh yeah, anytime somebody, some white folk offer you some money, they did some some wrong, some mm-hmm. some happened. Yeah, they trying to make up. So this is what he that said: hush money. I want to share my story about my time at the hideout and my abrupt departure. When I was let go, I was offered a severance package with an NDA baked into it, so I refused to sign it. It's taken me until now to feel ready to share openly about that experience, and it's important to my healing and progression to do so. Last year, during the summer, I was hired as the program director at the hideout. I was ecstatic. The hideout had a reputation of being for the people, a sort of every person's dive where you could hear some of Chicago's best kept musical secrets. <laughs> to my knowledge, I was the first and only black program director that they had ever hired. I felt an enormous pressure to succeed and open the door to people who had felt historically excluded from the space. Mm. Point on that, bro. Oh, there, uh, there's so much pressure. Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing that sucks when you're like the first or one of mm-hmm. few black people in a space. You can't just do the job and enjoy what you're doing. Oh, mm-hmm. You have like all this pressure, like, well, I gotta change things and be a part of history and get other people on. Like, white people just go and do the job. Where is this? At? This is in Chicago. It's, it's called the Hideout. It's called the Hideout. And so, he said, once in the job, I was tasked with booking close to thirty shows a month, filling the venue's calendar even during the Delta and Omicron waves of the pandemic, using systems that were frequently frequently outdated and ineffective. Within a month. Hideout's leadership began testing the boundaries between work and home life that I had been explicit about maintaining in my interview. When I asked for support, I was told it was cost prohibitive. I was asked, I asked other venues how they structured booking, and by comparison, I found it was common that bookers had assistants, interns, and secondary bookers to help with the immense load of submissions and scheduling. This nigga didn't have no help. 
That's crazy. And you're, him, the, you're the program director at a big venue. You don't even have an assistant to book 30 shows a nigga. month. That is crazy. That's a lot of shows. But then also, too, I just looked up this place has been open since 1934. And this is oh. the first time having a black person. That's almost 100 years. Mm-hmm. And you're the first black. And this is Chicago. This ain't Mississippi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bro, 1934? This is a long time. Mm-hmm. Dude, as a programmer, the leadership pushed back on most of my ideas. That's usually what it is. They bring a black person in there, mm-hmm. and then when you're like, well, this is what we could do, and they're like, shut up, nigger, and yeah. that's what they do. So I have black friends. They only that's got them in there for the optics of being exactly. like, oh, we got yeah. a black person. They can person say we have a black program yeah. director. Yeah. So the ideas he shared in his interview. If So you didn't do the ideas shared in this dude interview that you hired him off of? That's crazy. Including my efforts to bring a popular variety show to the venue where one of the featured guests will be Governor Pritzker. When I was finally able to program the show, it sold out. This kind of pattern repeated itself throughout my brief eight months at Hideout. So he was killing it with no help. Killing it with no help. I know the. Ah, man, I feel for this guy. Still, I called upon all my resources to maintain Hideout's culture while making space for an an inclusive slate of artists and more diverse audiences who had never seen Hideout as a space available and welcoming to them. Not only was I tasked to program the shows, oftentimes, hell nah, I had to clean and set the performance space up before and in between shows, Mm. work the door and check COVID cards? Oh, hell no. Why? This nigga's wearing 30 different hats. That's not fair, bro. It's I not, would like to know if the person before him was having to do all this. It's not fair at all. It's not fair at all. They don't have staff. He had to clean bitch. and maintain the green room and do other time-consuming tasks that diverted from important communication time from artists, managers. Right. How, yeah, they're like, yo, this is your show. You, yeah. This. How are you going to work with the artists and the managers and the agents and shit if you got to clean the shit up and work the door and take check COVID and... Mm-hmm. Bro, they make you less than. They make you do all the work. Because then, when you don't do a good job, if you fuck up and don't do a good job, they can mm-hmm. say like, "Oh, you aren't qualified." And you don't for have this. any leeway to fuck up. None. So you got to do a thousand things correctly yeah, and do bro. them well. So you have to do a hundred jobs great. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So this comprised the core of my role as program director in our shared office. The leadership team often communicated by shouting, crying, and bickering, creating a tense and distracting office culture. I would tell them that I found the ways they communicated harmful, yet they persisted. Whenever a show was poorly attended, the they the type of shows I was booking, shows that were more black, more brown, more queer, and more genre inclusive than that of past programming. Bear in mind, uh, I was I was programming live performances during two of the deadliest waves of COVID. Yeah, there was a time when people just stopped going to live shows, like the yeah. Delta variant and shit what like you that. Mean people just still coming out? Exactly. I have yeah. a few people that have told me, like, I'm still not ready to come out of to a course. show. Yet. I had to stop producing the show because when that shit started happening again, right. I was like, I oh, might as well just. So yeah. while working as di- diligently as I could to maintain practices to keep audiences, artists and staff safe, I insisted that we stay outdoors during the fall. But the inner team made it evident that they would be returning indoors no matter what. And we would just have to figure out how to do that to, to do that safely. OK, maybe in response to the safety practice practices. Maybe in response to the new audiences and artists that were finding their way into the hideout. Like, I'm sure he was probably bringing people that had never performed there before. Of course. You know what I'm saying? So during my tenure, the building was vandalized with white supremacist symbols and its power lines cut. Leadership was slow to respond. 
an employee who was tasked to finally release a prepared statement from management about this vandalism included the phrase Black Lives Matter and support and protection of myself and the other black employees there. Katie, the owner of the hideout, called the employee on, a, on Thanksgiving Day and reprimanded them for this altercation as if the statement was harmful to their intentions and bottom line. This stuck with me and made me feel wholly unprotected. Jesus Christ. Mm, mm, we can't mm. even call out white supremacist symbols because you worried it's going to hurt your audience. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who pay. Why is that? you know what the, their audience is. That's what I'm just saying. Like how, uh, just like how uh, for most of us, like, oh, our demographic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who the fuck are you pandering to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. On one occasion, I was spit on by a customer. Hell no. Nah. For that... asking them to follow mask guidelines. Wow. Leadership did nothing to support me. Hell, so y'all, y'all gotta have. If you do a venue, you gotta just have one person on staff to just beat niggas' asses. At least, just one. Jerome, come up here. This nigga spit on somebody. Yeah, everybody else, we are gonna help him if the shit get crazy. That's the thing. That's the thing. When they didn't you feel white, like he needed to be protected. When you white, exactly. When you white, people will come to your aid. Huh? People will. It's somebody automatically. That don't even work it's, there. it's an unspoken code. Right. Somebody that don't even work there will probably help you. Lean in the middle. But when you black, it's like, oh, 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 this. Oh, uh, he either he deserves it or he's fine. He'll be or fine. He, yeah, exactly. Wow. Whatever he did to get himself in that situation. Fuck. So he said leadership did nothing to support him when this when this customer spit on him. He said on another occasion, a long time. This is how it always happens. A long time white resident artist cursed and berated me in front of the staff. He was allowed to keep his residency. Mm-hmm. I was losing my sense of self there and the expectation that I would be. Available continu- continuously grinding me down. I felt an incessant sense of dread before work and was in a state of constant anxiety both during and after work hours. The job was dangerously affecting my home life and more and more crucially, my relationship to my fiance. Oh no! Damn. Yeah, because it's like you come home, it's like I don't want to hear nothing. Yeah. And then too, like she's thinking like, oh, you're in comedy, you're not doing it. Yeah, you're just helping produce it. Like you're probably this having be fun, fun up there. Yeah. Why are you mad? Exactly. You, you having a good time? What like, you mad you're about? This. And yeah. it's like I got my problems too. And this nigga come home talking about like that shit was probably tough. Yeah, he come home late. Exactly. He coming late from a venue. Especially if he was having to clean up after and shit. Yeah, no, fuck all that. And she, yeah, she probably felt that too. Like you shouldn't be doing this. Yep. Oh, of course. It could go so many ways. Or yeah, she got frustrated as well. Yep. He said the stress was unbearable for us both. Uh, in the spring, COVID numbers began to decline. I was fired immediately upon arriving at work. What? Katie wasn't even in town at the time and joined my firing via Zoom? Mm. They cited a disparaging remark I had allegedly made about the hideout. They cited pro- poor work performance. The show I had booked for that night was already sold out. And they told the night he got fired. Mm. They said this, the night he got fired, they said this nigga was poor work performance, but the show he booked that night was completely sold out. Ooh. So they'll take your shit and fire you. Of take all the ticket sales and shit. Of course. So Alice, the manager at the time, I'm glad he's saying names. Because yeah. if you're in Chicago, you know who these people are. Alice, the manager at the time, was shouting when she told me that I was holding staff emotionally hostage by complaining about the work culture here. And so here's the thing. Chicago is one of our biggest audiences. Don't none of y'all niggas support this venue. Yeah, fuck, fuck the hideout. This place. Fuck the hideout. If you in Chicago or you support comedy and you listen to this, I need everybody in solidarity. We not supporting this place no more. I was livid, embarrassed, and felt betrayed, used, and discarded. I was offered a minimal severance package on the condition that I signed an NDA. 
prohibiting me from speaking about my experience at Hideout that wouldn't cover my basic finances and embedded it with the language that amounted to an NDA. The language also suggested that I had to sign the NDA if I wanted to avoid the hideout interfering with any unemployment claim, un- un- unemployment claim I might make. Mm. So he was going to fuck up his unemployment if he didn't right. sign it? Right. He said, I refused to sign it and went without severance of any kind. Oh, my gosh. Fuck. Like, you a real nigga, bro. That's real. And while I was told that my employer provided health insurance, insurance I had gone without for my entire adult life would... Continued through the end of the following month, I discovered later, Hell while no. trying to get tested for COVID after being exposed. That's the other thing. You're working a venue in a major city. Yeah. You're exposed to COVID all the all time. All the time. So that's another thing he was having to deal with. And then... That's so, some bullshit. So his, his insurance was terminated shortly after he was fired. Oh, yeah. I spent the last few months depressed. I felt that, like many predominantly white institutions in the wake of the racial uprisings of 2020 and their ensuing racial introspection, Hideout hired me to this position of relative power to give their company the appearance of being anti-racist while doing the least to support me in the way. That's what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. It's like they hire these black people for optics, Mm -hmm. but they don't actually support you. No, actually, they they give you the they give you the. You should sensation. be happy. To, you should be happy. To well, be you here. should be happy, and they give you the sensation like, "All right, we're gonna let you run do your things. thing." Yeah, but they're really being hands off, and they're really standing there like, "Wait till he fucks up." White gloving you, right? Let's just wait till he fuck up, right? Because they said he says I was asking for more support and everything, and they didn't help me, and they used my black labor to get them through the worst parts of an unparalleled. Ooh, I felt that when I was over the Formosa. Ooh, I felt that. You shit. You got them through the pandemic, bro. I... You you brought business to their place because what you started going there in what of twenty twenty one? We started the show in August of uh twenty twenty one. Right. Summer twenty twenty one. That was the summer where everything was finally open and businesses were having a hard time mm-hmm. getting people coming back. Yeah, yeah California you, was strict about that. You shit. got you got them through the first wave of COVID financially, and then they did that to you. Mm-hmm. They did it to this guy. Mm-hmm. He said they used my black labor to get them through the worst parts of an unparalleled global trauma. I realized that Hideout never had any intention to set me up to succeed. Mm-mm. They only wanted to trade on my racial identity mm-hmm. and the trust and respect I built within the arts communities of Chicago. I now understand that once they realized hiring me meant eventually evolving as a company, they just disposed of me and went right back to the old comfortable systems. My story is not unique. Going through this has racked me mentally and destabilized me financially. The hideout leadership has an enormous power and social cachet in the music industry, an industry that I've forced to play forged a place for myself within from the ground up. When I was fired, I was pressured to sign the NDA, staying silent in order to maintain my financial obligations and my good reputation as a musician and curator in the city. Signing it would have robbed me of the last thing that was uniquely mine, my voice, my story. I could not let them have that. I say all this because I need to let it out and let it go. I know I did some good there, despite the grind culture bullshit the hideout imposed on me and that workplace culture inflicts on so many of us. The artist is not the institution. The institution actually needs you in yep. order to have value and survive. Talk Institutions unwillingly uh, truly shift and do the hard work. And it, it takes um, institutions unwilling to truly shift and do the hard work it takes to empower people who historically lack in investment, but prop them up as a sign that they are progressive need to be eradicated. Mm. Amen. 
Facts, 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 facts. I put this out so that anyone considering working at Hideout, performing at Hideout, so Chicago comics that fuck with me, fuck that place, bro. If you've performed there, you should Chicago comedian. After this has been put out, I don't fuck with you no more. Or patronizing Hideout has, yeah. So when I come back to Chicago, don't be asking me for guest spots and shit. Or patronizing <laughs> Hideout has some knowledge of how it operates in true culture, one that values status and returns more than people, and exploited me to achieve its own version of that success. I'm sharing this to ask you to be critical of the institutions you support. Today, I'm in a better place. I'm in therapy and still healing from this. I am the program coordinator at a black-founded urban farm where my job is to bring artistic partnerships to a growing ecosystem of people doing the most revolutionary work I can think of. Feeding communities, practicing sustainability. Oh, nigga, let's go. I'm going. Let's go. I feel it. I feel valued there and that my ideas and acumen are respected. Let's After just go. two months in my initial role, I was promoted to my current position. My relationship with my partner is as life-giving as ever, and we just hit our one-year mark of being homeowners in the Bronzeville community. I'm not sure where I am artistically anymore. This ordeal is complicated. That I hate that. That hurts me. But I was, I was taught the very valuable lesson that I am the art, not where I do it at. So mm-hmm. I'm trying I'm trying to make peace and create when my heart, mind, body says I'm ready to do that again. I am still destabilized a bit financially. So if you want to help free help, feel free to send whatever when, whenever he put his Venmo in. I want, y'all send him some money. It's at Michael Dash Deville. We'll put it on the screen. I'm about to say spell it because niggas don't know how to spell. Yeah, at M Y K E L E Dash D E V I L L E. Hit him on Venmo, help him out. Nice. No, it will go to reestablishing my autonomy. Thank you to every friend that wrote for me during all this, who listened, gave advice, money, their time, talent, and loyalty while I struggled. Thank you to Mackenzie forever, and my therapist says I can thank myself just because. I got to give this nigga a round of applause, bro, like drink champs. <laughs> bro, that's, yeah. that, man, I almost got a tear in my eye, bro. Me too. Because it's like, after what we went through at Formosa, like, it was like, I got through that shit mentally, bro, because, like, my, like, Y'all being with me in that moment. Like, it was four mm. of us that went through that shit. Yeah. It's like, imagine having to go through that shit by yourself. I was so, yeah, man. Nigga, I'm could, still healing from that shit. I'm sure, because it was I'm worse for you. You worked up. your ass off. Bro, that shit was, try- hearing that shit, playing back like that, it's like I'm reliving that shit, yeah. bro. Like, kudos. That's, that's kudos. what he said. He's like, my story isn't, isn't uncommon, yeah. you know? It's yeah. just like, and I think about that venues time Venues are doing again. this shit. I think about that time and time again, how like projects, spaces, venues, they will use black labor. They'll use the coolness of blackness right. to get their shit going. Exactly. To get a foundation propped and up. Once to they get build it that off your back. You fucking out the door. Out the door. And they're willing to take that loss on just the MO of, well, we're in power. This is what we do. We can do that. This is you you getting too big for your britches. Yep. We can't have you bigger than us. What does that look like? Right. And it's just because, like he mentions, he is the art. You know, we are the vibe. Because apparently he's a musician as well, so we need to support him on that too. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the whole thing. We wherever we, we are is to here. Y'all yeah. have to be here. Is the we should do? Y'all had to be here where he work at, and then make him perform. Well, I love that man because. He I used to do the, the aquaponics shit. Yeah. And hearing yeah. them going back and doing like shows and doing like an artistic endeavor yeah. at, <clears throat> at a farm or like a grow up. Yeah. That shit is amazing, bro. Cause right, I bro. resonate with that shit 100%. That's what I was saying. It was like, it'd be dope. 
if we could tie in with the fish farm shit, not the fish farm, <coughs> uh, fish fight, <coughs> fish fight media that gas, shit. Nigga. I know. Um, similar to like what Russell's doing, it's like not only am I, you know, not only am I getting like venues and uh, spaces that want to fuck with me, I'm also getting like unique little spaces like a field, yeah. like a a grow op, like a. Yeah. You know, like a fucking co-op, fucking housing. Right. You know, where it's like, oh, this is just a bunch of autonomous people who live here, and they, you know, they do artistic Helping shit like this. Helping the community out, right? So um, I'm all about that. Like, I, it's definitely going to change form, but yeah, I relate, man. It's definitely still a soft spot where I think about that shit. I go by, I go past the Formosa, or I'm like, man, all the shows. I flip it off every time I ride doing, by it, as you fucking should, man, Fuck and them. as everybody Fuck else the Formosa should too. Cafe, because it's just like, man, it was just like. We were creating culture, community, and I was financially able to actually fucking do well, you know? And and that wasn't even like I was getting paid crazy. It was just like, all right, I'm able to at least do something. And that shit just rocked the goddamn boat. And uh, even now, man, people still hit me up about that show. People send me DMs and shit. Oh, you still doing the Formosa? Can I do the show? Yada, yada. Of course I do. (sighs) Don't even know what happened. Man, yeah, that that's, that's touching. That's real, man. Yeah, that we got heart, definitely got to support that dude. Send him some Venmo. Let's um, yeah, let's try to get some people on the ground out there and be like, yo, we're coming out there at some point. It's we want to do a like, show. I, I had some friends that did a show at the hideout last night, and they didn't know about this oh until today. Oh <laughs> so it's just like now, all right. If you got some booked there, I let you do your last one or whatever. But that was it. That's it. It's over now. We don't do that no more. It's man. over. It's everywhere now. We ain't doing a hideout. A hideout in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Fuck that place. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man, to put that man through that shit, bro. They was hiding Hide. white supremacy in that bitch. Right, Ooh. exactly. That's what it was. Yeah. How a hideout, how you get hurt at the hideout? That ain't no hideout. I was like, they, and you said they've been open since 1934? Mm-hmm. Legally. Wow. So, so they've been open prohibition shit before that. Never had a black program director. Yeah, it, I and mean, then the, I, the first one I'm you sure. have, this is the story. Having a tough time in that bitch, and I'm sure they've had all types of black performers of on course. that stage. Murdering that bitch. They had Sell some of mine, my friends this past this past right. week. They brought right. they ran a great show there and right. tied up. So it's like they'll be. And one of them actually to, went through something kind of racist at the venue. Right. So they'll be happy to like look like they're propagating, you know, black art or supporting black art. But it's really just a fucking, you know, it's some symbolism shit. You know, yeah, they're just bro. putting it up there. Oh, we're giving this person a spot. We're giving this person a night. Da, 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 da. And the behind the door shit is just all fucking racist, terroristic as fuck. Right. A lot of mistreatment. Damn, man. Yeah, I would love to do a show there, man. We we set some shit up. Yeah, we're definitely coming to Chicago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's... Yeah, man. Eco farm. That's where we'd be at. Y'all have to be at the farm, nigga. Right. Y'all had the farm here. <laughs> Y'all had the farm here. Yeah, man. We we gotta teach these venues, bro. You cater to us. Right. Yeah, nigga. Y'all not bigger than the talent. Right. Venues the- ain't making me laugh. Nope. No. And then the audience, y'all fill the venue up. Yep. They could have the they could have the best talent in the world. If ain't nobody coming in there, it don't, yeah, matter. I mean, it don't matter. Shit. So really, why would the talent want to go there? The talent go where the people want to be at, and that's anywhere that the, they want to say. That's yeah. what we doing some shit, yeah. nigga. You can do some, bro. Anybody who on some level, and we we at the point right now. It's like, bro, we can be like, all right. This alley is where we doing some shit. Yep. 
pull up, nigga. We got 50 chairs out here. <laughs> pull the fuck up and bring your blunt. Yeah, bring a bring blunt. Your, bring your drink. Shit, bring your dog, nigga. I don't give a fuck. We can make the venue anywhere we at. We'll we have make been. that shit happen. We have been. Fuck these venues, man. That shit, wow. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. I can't you wait. Said you said you had a question? Oh, yeah. What was that question? Okay, yeah. So, on a positive note, um, how would you positively reimagine comedy scene? Mm, in LA? In general, yeah, in LA. Positively reimagine. Well, like, even today, like, let's say, what would be your next few steps if you could say, if you can have it as you please, like, in comedy, what would you like to do? Well, it would have to start from the top. Top, it have to start from the top to the bottom. So, first thing I would do is your big comedians like a uh, Kevin Hart and Maniscalco and these that have all this money, right? They basically they pay an open mic tax in a way. Open mics is how you got famous, how you got good and got your craft together and got famous eventually. Y'all should cut bread to these bars and restaurants, throw them a thousand dollars a month. And just say, let the comedians come and get up for free. So now comedians don't have to pay out of pocket for open mics anymore. Mm. What's a, what's fifteen hundred dollars to like a big mm. co- comedian that's doing nothing. arenas? Right, it's nothing. Why can't you just throw something down and help us out? Right, you know. Now you got people that just moved out here. I ain't got five dollars to put into a mic, man. Especially not every day. Especially not when you're not gonna get up. You there's a potential exactly. you might not get up. So now all your open mics are free now. So at least that financial level playing field is is now level, right? Anybody can get up when they need to get up. Um comedy clubs would have an actual concrete way of mobility up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and then the people that have been within that system and are successful within that system. Now there's ways. All right, you need a show. You need to do this because now, when a established comedian within a club has their own show and it's like something that's being supported every week, now you can pull people up through that. And so that I mean that's and then work out a way where something after you achieve some kind of milestone at these clubs, now we're gonna do a show just for the reps. We got relationships with these reps. Bring them in to come see these people do Facts. their thing. You know what I'm Facts. saying? Right. So like that that would just be some simple ways I would I would kind of call that show it. Reps and Friends. Mm-hmm. Reps and Friends. Reps just pull, that, up, it's that easy. pull up with your friends so I'm, it don't really feel like work. Twenty twenty four, that's my goal, is where I have a show where basically it's like you know every week like there's like 10, 15 reps in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's looking, the show looking for talent. Yeah. yeah. That's that, real. That definitely was uh the first it was like the first uh thing that I thought was to have these reps and people in the industry, you know, who could put people like us in positions to where we could change our lives, you know? Y'all niggas need to be like NBA scouts. Yeah. Y'all need to be going to the Drew League and all that shit. That's the problem. Yeah, it's like y'all need to be going out and seeing what's really out there, seeing what's real. Social media, man. Y'all need to be staying as close to the ground as possible. Yeah. Y'all niggas don't need to be up because y'all not the- How you gonna find somebody? Yeah, how you gonna find somebody? Mm -hmm. Like, you need us. And then the problem is- when somebody like me over the last like year or two that's like popped in that industry space, mm-hmm. now 
now that I'm, I'm very high, I'm like, I may not be famous, but within the industry, I'm very publicly visible. Like yeah. people in comedy know who I am. Like I'm, I'm not a name. Somebody was saying like, oh no, I've never heard of them. Yeah. People know me. And so, so now because I'm visible, now I have other reps asking other comedians. So does Niles have a manager or agent? Duh, nigga. Why? How would I not have one if I wasn't here in this right. space? Right. You already fucked. You missed out on me. You fucked up. So now you need to find out. I don't know why this isn't in their heads, but as an agent or manager, well, who does he fuck with? Who does he do shit with? How'd he get like this? Now now you got the pick of the litter from a lineup of people that nobody really knows yeah, about like, who's yet. Who's he surrounding because, with? Yeah, yeah people, because there's a lot of people that just missed out on me. They were like, straight up, they were like, well, I didn't even know who you were. And I'm like, well, because you're not doing your job. You're well. not fucking looking. That's why I tweeted the other day. I was like, it does, and it even told you too, like, it doesn't make sense why we don't have reps. It doesn't. Because I actually wanted to. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to make this a segment no of the show. Sense. And I want to have a hashtag trending. If you listen to this show, we need to do hashtag rep YHTBH. Yeah. The rest of my niggas need reps. And we're going to get that done. I need. Yeah, we will. I take the pictures so y'all niggas to look at. Exactly. Y'all, y'all kiss. Y'all, y'all pissing me off. So if you part, of, if you part of the y'all team, we need to tweet out, Instagram out. Rep YHTBH. Yeah. Where this show is too good that only one person on this bitch is ripped. That don't make no sense. And not only not only rep, we need a yearbook of shows. Let's do that too. With the bread, with the sponsorship. We need a, oh yeah. we worth it. We need the brand. We need the sponsorship to pull up uh We want our chips with the dip. With the dip <laughs> for the when we do this tour. Cause this is my thing. My comedy special is gonna drop and then people are gonna come. Wouldn't you wanna get in before that? So I'm just letting y'all know But yeah man It's just like For a group of four That's doing what we're doing And only one person is ripped Just shows that These people aren't doing Their jobs well At all Because it's like It's like they sit back And wait for you to come To them in a way And like It's even like They'll see you killing And so kind of What they do is They just kind of Look at it as Well if nobody Signed them yet I got Still got time So they're right. waiting For you to do A bunch of work Right To basically Get Get to hop on the train or whatever. It's so weird when it's like, they could just sign you now before things have popped off, help you get to that place and start with you from the ground up instead of trying to get you when somebody else already has like helped you from the ground up. But right. it's like, nigga, it's you're like, still in the start from zero mindset when yeah. I'm at like a twelve, nigga. Yeah, I don't need, I don't need, I'm not, I'm not about to be at a twelve and start with somebody who's trying to start from ground zero. Yep, I already did that shit. Yep, I feel like Hollywood. It's not built on that no more. Like that's kind of like the old way. That's the novelty of Hollywood, to where like you feel like there's these people in this office and they want to champion like this. We got this new kid. He's the yeah. freshest thing on the yeah. scene. You gotta see him. Like it's not like that anymore. I think it's really like we already have these ten people who you do know. Yeah, they've already done we're these wait, things. We're for waiting them. on you to become a star. Right. I was already They're a star waiting. when I got real. Yeah, you were, bro, because you've already did the work in yeah. to put it out there to where you put enough shit out there to yeah. where it's like all right well now this is in the algorithm yeah. and we can't ignore it love you know? the people so at caa like, but i was a star when y'all found me bro right and that's why they wanted to that's why they picked you up because exactly. they're like all right well we don't have to do that much work exactly they don't he's already, he's already <laughs> there, they right? know i'm amazing right. <laughs> like they don't have to do no work and that's why and that's the weird thing too i finally like, got repped when i was at a point where i could get a job on my own and then they were like all right well we'll help you and get jobs for you now and it's just like how are we going to have a better industry that way, though? Because now this show, if all four of us are repped, if we have four 
four teams of reps all trying to push this show and help it get to another level, this shit gonna go crazy. Crazy. So it's just like that's that's why the audience we need y'all tell tell these people rep YHTBH because rep there ain't no reason for the whole team to be not be rep. Shit, John should have an agent. Yeah, <laughs> like straight yeah, up for real. Yeah, for real. Boy, it, too talented. It's gonna happen though, <clears throat> and that person go make some money. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> if you want to wait and not be that person, it's on you, big dog. Big doggy. How long we done? Ooh, minute forty five. Okay, we almost there. Oh, oh yeah, I want to. Uh, ask oh, God. I got to piss right quick. Oh yeah, go get your pee on. It's crazy. I went out there to pee too, and it's smoky as a bitch in here. Oh, them niggas smoking in there, huh? No, no, no. It's oh, smoky yeah. in here. Oh, we smoking in here. Yeah. <laughs> he was talking about us. Like, <laughs> we we in here doing damage, nigga. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's smoky as fuck. I was watching that. There's this viral video of these niggas like it's like five of them in a car. Yeah, and then they start smoking. They're smoking, and then they start like singing this song. They all start start uh, they start harmonizing. I'm so faded. I'm so faded. I'm so faded. I'm so faded. And one nigga, I'm so faded. But they hotboxing. Like, when's the last time you hotboxed a car, nigga? Like you literally went to the car with intent on. You're, you know, with the intention of I'm about to smoke as much weed as I can in this car and get high as fuck. High boxing, high boxing is fun though. Nigga, it is. I used to go to my homeboy house in my neighborhood. My homeboy I grew up with, my nigga Philip. Yeah. My nigga buddy, man. We, uh, me and Philip used to go into the garage to his grandma's car. Yeah. And we would hot box that bitch. Yeah. Nigga, I was like. 16. Yeah, that was in high school. That was the funnest shit in the world. Mm hmm. Real niggas got high box. Yep. I, I remember uh, I got too high. <laughs> yep. And I was like, it was like one of the most serious times, you know, in my life. I was like, <laughs> I gotta go home, bro. I'm too high. I need to go home and like eat some cereal and lay down. Cereal was the, was the fix all back in those days. Oh, yeah. Try to think. What was my high snack when I would come home? I remember my mom, for some reason, we would have like some really good, like Kroger brand of buffalo wings. Mm-hmm. And they would just be, we had like a frozen pack in the uh, freezer. And I would just come home and I would just smash them bitches. Tear them bitches. And my mom up. would be like, You treating this shit like it's buffalo wild wings. Why are you eating all the wings? And my high ass would just be in there eating them, dipping them in blue cheese and everything. Just tearing the like wings You was at up. the bar. You was yeah, training. We, we had like a blue. We have like a little bar in our kitchen. Oh, like, for real? Like bar stools. And so like, yeah. So I would be sitting up there eating the wings and shit. Like I was at B-dubs. I was smashing them shit. She didn't know I was. It was because I was high. We used to get these like chimichangas. Those like frozen burritos. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know those. Yeah. Frozen chimichanga. I'm, my mom, she used to fry those bitches. I was like, nah, I'm just put my shit in the microwave. That was a, that was a fun thing about having a mom. And never did drugs. She couldn't tell out when I did drugs. Huh? She didn't know shit. My mom knew. She just wouldn't say nothing. She, uh, my mom, church lady, she don't know about none of that. My mom don't even have the internet. That's why I be saying wild shit on here. She not gonna see it. <laughs> <laughs> my mom don't be on the internet, nigga. She read the Bible. That's why I'm crazy. That's why I'm crazy. Cause my mama ain't got the internet. 
Shit, my mama be on the internet. <laughs> right, your mom be watching the show. Hell yeah. Now, I didn't like it when you said that last yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're going to say what you want to say, but God damn. <laughs> uh, but damn, you crazy. That's mama shit for real. Hey, uh, so I wanted to talk to you about, y'all saw when the, uh, that thing about the teachers, a uh, teacher got in trouble because she was like paying students to jump. Uh, mm-hmm. That's, cold. <laughs> That's crazy. I think she was only paying him like five dollars too. Like. Oh no, <laughs> not even a living wage to beat a nigga ass. That's cheap, nigga. Hell no. That's I, hazard. You got to get hazard pay. Yeah, least. like bitch. I'm trying to go to college. Bitch. I might get suspended out this bitch. <laughs> Straight up, like I might go to jail. Bruh, so she was paying kids to jump the kids she didn't like in her class. Uh huh. And y'all want to give teachers guns? Hell no! For real, <laughs> they already got you know students. They, right. they already using students as weapons. That'd be crazy. They don't like, need to bear arms. It's like, hold on, how this nigga? This nigga been in fifteen fights this year, and he got an A. <laughs> that don't make no sense. This nigga ain't even been to school half a year. <laughs> I just suspended this nigga seven times. He should be in jail. Why you pass this? Are you fucking him? That's uh, crazy. Niggas was getting extra credit for every punch. Hell yeah. And if you bring me the tape, I really. Oh my god. Oh my god. Have one of your little friends record it on their phone. And send it to no, don't send it to me. Just give me your no, don't send. <laughs> give me your just, just give me the phone. Cause I will give you my phone. Record it on this. Yeah, record it. She got a she got a burner phone just for the fight for when they jump the students she don't like. These little niggas be thinking cause I'm fine. I'm be playing with, I'm be playing with dads. I ain't playing with you little niggas in here. Uh, I got a few friends that's been teachers and they didn't all didn't stop. They're like, man, fuck that. These, these kids bad, yeah, nigga. Bad, they man. bad. I'm like, yeah, that shit ain't for everybody. That shit hard. <laughs> that shit hard. These kids are bad, bro. They on another level. Especially with the internet too. Like we didn't have that. Like, even though the internet was around and it was a coming around, like we our day wasn't completely evolved around the internet. Yeah. Or was it on the internet? You know, it's like we didn't have access to the internet like that to where now the internet and man is basically one right now. Yeah. When we were growing up, like the internet was a thing that you went to go do. Yeah, it was a place that like you, you had to, to make effort on the computer. It was a big, yeah. it was a big yeah. deal to get on a computer. Yeah. 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 You had to make effort and go to the internet. Yeah. Now the internet comes to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shit's scary. That's just scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because before you had to go to the internet to participate in it. Right. And shit, we doing internet shit right now. We yeah. are. This yeah. gonna be on the internet. This is weird. We doing internet shit, but it's not on the internet. It's yet. not on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Being on the internet back in the day, it took time out of time your day. Effort. Yeah. Now it's a part of your day. Like if you aren't on the it internet, it is your day for some people. Yeah, it is. Well, you get this before you get to sign up for the internet. It's like the military. It's like you get to either sign up and choose to join the military, but we in a country where you forced to be in the military. Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like BTS. That group BTS. Yeah. Like, 
in South Korea. Yep, South Korea. Yep. That, it was yep. like, <laughs> they better not send BTS to the army, nigga. I'm gonna they, be mad. They dropped. Yeah, they, they, they got picked up. Hell no, nah, bro. Whatever y'all do on the internet, y'all better do it with these guns in your hands. <laughs> God damn. That shit crazy. Not BTS in the military. That's crazy. Nah, nigga, I ain't going platinum and catching bodies for you. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Y'all put me to work shit. enough, nigga. Yeah, what, what, nah. what if they like? You know, like they go to the to the you know they go serve for the, their their country and they go through all this crazy shit. They kill people, but mm-hmm. then they go back to making songs talking about I'm in love and I love you. No, nigga, you a murderer. Right. We don't want to hear about that. You a murderer. <laughs> You kill right, somebody. Damn, damn what if BTS goes to the military, comes back, and makes music about the bodies they caught out there? <gasps> start making trap music. They start making trap music. Yeah, because one of the homies died. Yeah. They got to make music. Right. That's on, crazy. Everybody ain't making it back from BTS. Everybody ain't making it back from that war. Damn. Man. Team BTS, bro. I hope y'all don't have to go to the military. That's fucked up. That'd be cold, too. You replace it with a nigga who didn't get drafted. Right, right now they make a new boy band full of niggas that didn't get drafted, bro. They like, I'm glad them niggas got took. It's my time. It's my time, oh. nigga. I've been waiting. I taught them niggas that shit. Right. Yeah. I've been sitting in the back learning the choreography. I've been waiting for the draft to come, bro. I suggested I... who to draft. <laughs> yeah, troll them. ass nigga. Yeah, get these niggas out of here. Cause like that's cold. It's like, an evil world we live of, in. It's an evil world we live in. Cause like so like a lot of people they can't get drafted in the military because uh, like I guess medically they could say they have flat feet or whatever. So they would be I'm flat footed actually. Yeah. So like, which is weird. I, never, I thought I would have like so much pain on. You fucking it, you fucking it up right now, nigga. They gonna be like, well, you said on the podcast, nah, you be fine. So <laughs> no, I no, my feet flat. <laughs> I was high on the podcast. Like, we got our first flat-footed soldier. <laughs> He's a beast. He's a son of a gun. He can hit it too. He out there shooting photos in the war. <laughs> you think Arthur holding his helmet with the camera? Right. You gonna, <laughs> they gonna have Doc- you. document the war. Document the war. Don't get shot. Either. Exactly. They're gonna have you putting Instagram reels together the war. Like, damn, so I got how I spell this for the subtitle captions, huh? <laughs> Bro, cause that's why so I had hip surgery at nineteen. Yeah. And so I never really healed correctly from it. So now that's I don't ever have to go because my left side is fucked up. My hip. Nah, they gonna let you go too. We got a new bionicle hip. He's a hip. They said, "Look, we we know you said that. Like, we can give you that new hip. You gotta come to the army, though." Uh-huh. Like, man, I just limp, bro. Fuck you. We got a new hip made by Nike. Exactly. A new hip made by Nike. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, I be jumping like LeBron and shit. <laughs> jumping out the pool. I'm sorry. Where was this when I need regular health insurance? Y'all pieces of shit. Right. In order to fight, they gonna make you nah, right. They, they, they gonna, gonna make work you it out. right. <laughs> We got That's a terma nigga. <laughs> terma nigga, you stupid. Hey, motherfuckers will spend spend millions of dollars to make somebody else fight for their oh, ass. Oh, yeah. That's what they do. That's the what biggest we're doing. business. Ain't that a bitch? That's what we doing. So, you know, I don't want to That's go what fight. they did in Avatar. Nigga was in a wheelchair. Like, hey, we got to come get you. Right. We got to come get oh, you. Oh, my God. <laughs> What if that ends up happening? And that's so. how they put injured people in the army. I think so. They just create you an avatar. I'm out, I know I'm high, but the meaning of that movie really just hit home to me. Like, yeah. I already knew it was basically Dances with Wolves, like them taking land from Native <laughs> Americans. It was basically that with blue yeah. people. Like I knew that. But now I'm just thinking of like 
the militaristic propaganda within those films now. Yeah. It's like you kind of give them. Serve no matter what. Ooh. Fuck. Even if you already given us a part of you, we want Even all of you. Even if you got a disability, you can still fight. Yeah, we want all of you. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they would do. Like, oh, you got a broken leg? All right, we'll just hook you up to this thing. You're going you gonna to be an avatar. So, yeah, you about to metaverse these bullets yeah. in somebody's chest. Damn. Wow. Fuck Avatar. You play enough, You can still play Call of Duty, right? You can still think, can't you? Because <laughs> <laughs> you can still think. Because, <laughs> oh, and then another thing just hit me. Because then with that, you can get people to go kill more people because you've desensitized them. Because you like, it's just like a video game. Of course. That's the whole issue that happened around with the drone shit, right? When yeah. As soon as the drones started happening, they were popularized that we were, you know, participating in drone strikes. But I wasn't like, there actually killing the people. So it was, it was like a. Like you just said, like a video game. game. Right. Yeah, now you can have, there. you can have like someone stowed away in, off this mountaintop somewhere with 50 people controlling these drones. Taking out villages and shit, families and schools and hospitals and shit. It's weird because like we never attack the people who are responsible. That's the whole thing with like even mass shootings and white supremacy at large. Like yeah. niggas, at least they go after the nigga they got a beef with. But no, mass, mass <laughs> shootings go after vulnerable places. Yeah, Ball, yeah. The the hospital, schools, and church, it's the same churches. Shit. It's the same shit with our war on a, on a macro level. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we do the same thing. Yeah, we attack hospitals and yep. fucking Bottom churches and, and fucking. It's Mosque. never the <clears throat> mosque. It's not. It's never the direct people that are quote unquote enemies. No, you know, it's just like yeah, they, we can drop this missile. Every every country has like a military sergeant and shit like that. They don't ever get shit shot at them. No, no. You in charge of the fighting, not having to fight. Well, that's the thing. The fighting is like wrestling. We just let everybody else be the casualties. Woo. Appreciate. That's it. <laughs> get hit, get hit. Yeah, for that's real. kind of that's kind of what it is. So yeah, so now you got people playing video games already desensitizing them, and then you put them on the drones. They've already been desensitized by the video games. So mm-hmm. That ain't shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah, it's really become a spectacle of like just destruction right now. What yeah. war is? It's completely changed. Yeah, you can oh, definitely you can yeah. fight a battle completely behind closed doors. Right. And the crazy thing about it is I learned how fucked up the Iraq war really was, not through news, <clears throat> not through a book, not through my teacher at school, through a Cat Williams comedy special. Uh-huh. I was 12 years old, yeah. and I was watching Pimp Chronicles and I learned what an insurgent was. Mm-hmm. And he literally the bit is whenever it comes on the news, you be smoking weed and it says America killed a certain amount of insurgents in the Middle East or whatever. And, you, and he says, he's like, I don't know no motherfucking insurgents. I don't know insurgents. Yeah. And so then he looked it up and he said, insurgent is crazy. It's literally just another word for civilian. But you don't know that because you've never heard the, you've never heard the word insurgent before because we have a worse schools in the world in America. We're not educated. So you don't even know what insurgent is. And then... The way that word sounds, it sounds like somebody that should be killed yeah, in a way. Yeah, Isn't that yeah, weird? Yeah, it's, mal- it's, and so uh, you're it's just malicious. Like, I don't know no insurgents, whatever. And then he just like, and then Cat Williams, Cat Williams' <laughs> joke is, y'all tell me what the Iraqi uniform is. Don't worry, I'll wait. Because <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> he's like, yeah, exactly. He's like, they over there killing niggas in t-shirts and flip-flops. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm 12 years old. 
laughing, but also absorbing this info. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Cat Williams just taught me about imperialism and white supremacy in a stand-up bit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. because and he's the reason I got into stand-up, and that's why I always like to try to make some real shit funny. Because mm-hmm. like I remember if I was impressionable at 12 years old, and I learned about that shit through a stand-up comedy bit. So it's just like, we got to keep doing that shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn that at school. Nope. And then who knows? I could have gone all through high school and then got indoctrinated talking some xenophobic shit talking about, well, we should have been in Iraq, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. If I had never heard that stand-up bit. We wouldn't be doing this podcast. And I wouldn't be doing this podcast. <laughs> like, that nigga now is weird. You yeah. heard him talking about that shit. I wouldn't be doing comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just like, I feel like as comedians, we have a responsibility to talk about things that are hurting our world. I agree. And I think that's another issue that probably has us in the position that we're in because we're black comics and we talk about real shit. So if spaces center whiteness off top, just the MO is like, how are you going to be a comic and an artist, a good artist, a great artist that challenges that very whiteness in your, in your artistry. That's why I say this all the time. I tell people, this is how I know stand up comedy industry is fucked. Y'all tell me a top, gay or trans comedian that actually talks about real shit in that experience that in white supremacy that has big specials and is being propped up everywhere. Mm. That's a good question. Because think about it. If you're if you're a trans comedian, you're going to have funny jokes about your identity, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a transphobic person that hates trans people, you're not going to laugh at the joke or think it's funny off rip because you think automatically that person shouldn't exist. So they're fighting that battle right there. Same with black comics. If I talk about racism and you racist, of course you're not going to laugh. And so I really have a thing. It's just like I think a lot of people in power are very like homophobic and transphobic. And so these people's very funny jokes make them feel uncomfortable so they don't put them in positions to succeed. You know what's funny? I feel like in a weird way, my comedy... It's for either two people, two audience of people. What's that? Those who believe in racism and those who are trying to overturn it. Wow. That's so real, bro. I really do. I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to joke about racism in a way to where it's obvious and that it becomes unfashionable. Yeah. So it's like people know when it's being practiced and they know like, (laughs) and they can call it out. That's not in style no more because right. it really feels like racism is just a practice that's fashionable and it's been fashionable because there's benefits to it. People get material gain. They get fucking <clears throat> access, yeah. you know, glory, you know, because there's a power dynamic wow. around identifying with the power, identifying with the winning team, you know. Right. So it's just like it's this weird thing that we really have to overshift or, or change and it's just a – I think it's just a matter of a fashion statement. People are making a fashion statement if they if they're practicing mistreatment. Yep, that's real. Hmm. I don't even know what to say. That's real as fuck. <laughs> that's just real, nigga. <coughs> well, yeah, it's just like if the things you talk about already make the people that make those decisions uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. How would they even find it? For Why me? would they book you? Why would they book? You? Why would they book? You? And they and they'll sit there and be like, "Yeah, that was good." Yeah. We seen everybody else laugh. We, we, we yeah, we know it's good. funny. We don't fuck with it though. Right. But yeah, I be thinking about that all the time, bro. It's not a lot of gay and trans comedians, white or challenges people the of color. 
talking that are, real authentically about yeah if they're talking really on. authentically about their about their experience they're not really getting propped up by the industry mm-hmm. or they'll get a one little thing because they have to like wow this nigga set up a whole fan base and it's popular we gotta all right throw them something mm-hmm. but then that'll be the one little something they get mm-hmm. they don't there's no upward whatever from that yeah they only allow you to really do it if you do it in a way where it's goofy Pal- or cheesy. It's palatable like- to them. <clears throat> it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. It's like, because it's like, and I've talked to like gay friends about this. It's like a lot of people make you feel like, okay, I'm cool with you being gay, but you got to be, you got to be gay. You got to keep that gay shit to a certain level around me. And so it's like, we ask a certain group of people to dim themselves or like be a version of themselves all the time because it makes straight people feel uncomfortable. And you got to think, people with old money and that run industry and shit like that like they might be cool with gay people but it's just like to an extent the same thing with being black like yeah. people love can't being be around black yeah you can't be too black or we love being around black people till they t- start talking about racism or mm-hmm. talking about whatever we love when you make us laugh but mm-hmm. that real shit stop that yeah, yeah, yeah it that makes me uncomfortable get over it like we that don't even exist no more that's just not real right because if right. i can't talk about my life and my experience unfiltered and then you don't deserve I'm funny and I'm entertaining because I have the art because of my experience mm-hmm. so if you don't respect my experience you don't deserve that art yeah. so that's why we're not mm-hmm. doing comedy and doing shows at the hideout no more fuck them Facts. look at that callback bam but well, we are doing comedy at the New York Comedy Festival guys. November 7th November 7th up Nine o'clock. The New York Comedy Club. New York Comedy Club. New York Comedy Festival. Nine o'clock, baby. And then at eleven thirty, we're gonna have an after party in Manhattan. It's gonna be cracking. We will have more details for you for that. And then the next day, this nigga. November eighth. We're gonna be in that bitch at Caroline. Rap battle time. Myself and Johnny Mac. Mac and Steve. I can't say who it is, but I hear there's gonna be a big special guest at this rap battle show. Yep. So you gotta pull uh, up, man. Like this is something for everybody, for sure. Like comedy, rap fans, all of you guys in between. Bring your folk out to this yes, shit. We please. about to do some legendary shit. It's about to be really fun as fuck. And uh, yeah, come out to the party. Subscribe. Share this shit. Bring me and some get weed. those two tickets, man. Get those free tickets. We giving out four tickets. We giving out free tickets to we the best show on the festival. Free tag. Bitch. Tag any club. Or any venue, it can be your mama's house. Hey, my mama got a big ass backyard. Yeah, we gonna yep. put some shit out here. We That's gonna real. do some cool shit. Just let her know. That's real. You know, so we can get the conversation going. We basically just want to let people know that we out here doing this cool ass DIY shit. And uh, yeah, man, help us, help us, help us. Shit. Exactly. Tag five people. Tag five clubs. Get these two uh, free tickets and uh, come out to support the show. November seventh. We getting it in. Yep. Uh yeah, and even just tag like where you at, you know. Yeah, we need we, to know what gonna, city you're in. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna start. Fill out uh, and then fill out the fish fried media uh link as well because they're yep. gonna they're gonna sponsor a couple shows for us. So there it is. We need to know what cities you're in. Yeah, we want to know where you at so we can pull up on y'all. We can do a whole little tally and be like, all right, well we got fifty thousand people in Springfield, old Idaho. <laughs> you know exactly. Like, so drop no that bugger. drop that comment. Yep, and we will see you next week. Peace. Get that merch, baby.